Holy moly, I'm in a new place. Yes, that's right, I moved. But that's not the real interesting thing that happened this week. Uh, there is, it's been a bit of a slow week because, you know, no League of Legends, MSI's done all that stuff. But there is some interesting stuff happening in the business world, which is why we have such a cool guest on for tonight. We'll introduce him right after this break. Hotline League episode 29 starts right now. Hotline League is brought to you by Omen by HP. Well, there we go. It is episode 29 of Hotline League. I'm joined. Hey, joined, and we're filming this on a Monday, May 28th. I need to get better about saying the day because then people need to, then they know what day, whatever. The point well, is. There's one a week, and it's uploaded weekly, so shouldn't they just know it's the one from that week? Yeah, but like, we do it on different dates. We try to do it on Mondays at 8 uh pacific we've only not done that a couple times it's almost always been that time slot no i don't think we've hit mondays at eight for for the last couple of oh i need to turn off the sounds uh for the last Uh, couple of weeks because we we didn't do it last week because i came in on monday we didn't do it frost gone on tuesday that was a tuesday oh and then the week before i was in europe uh so it's been it's been whatever let's get into this mark he's my constant co-host how's it going mark Great. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. I forgot because I don't work aside for this right now. I remember so. last time we had a holiday and you said you didn't honor it or you didn't celebrate it or whatever. It was very offensive. I, I didn't celebrate this one either. I uh, I got up early and then went back to bed and then I've been watching 13 Reasons Why. The second Isn't season. that it's not like, a good show. it sounds like you had the day off. Yeah, but I always had, well, we're working now, huh? Is this, you call this time off? Should I go? Are we done here? I mean... It's hardly working. Okay, so That's you, true. I, uh, I went camping as well this week. You know, yeah. How was the camping? It was good. The first day was really nice. It was a little cold the second day, and then the third day was raining. So we were gonna leave that day anyways. We dipped the fuck out of there. Up um, in the mountains. Was it camping or was it glamping? So I think it depends where you draw that line. Because we had a tent. We were on the ground. Okay, that's I camping. Fire. Okay, because like we were on a campground. Yeah. But it wasn't like straight in the woods. Uh and like there was still Wi Fi up there. So like I was like my phone was kinda dead because I couldn't charge it. But, like yeah. I checked Twitter once or twice. So I don't know. Is that glamping? That feels like glamping. Maybe internet. Maybe. Uh next up, uh you know, on the on the bottom rung of this show, uh, because he's beneath us, not because he's of less value to, than us, and maybe maybe even more value. Is, What's uh, your impressions count, Ovi? That's the only thing that matters. Is uh, is Ovi? Um, Ovi, he's a friend of ours, uh, and uh, he's quite a notable person. Ovi, do you want to give your spiel on your esports life? Yeah, sure. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm actually normally behind the camera in esports, but uh, I've sort of been in the industry for about five years. I started out uh, as a content creator. I made this long form writing site called Esports Guy that did pretty well back in like 2014. Used to front page Reddit a lot. Uh, and I got recruited by Riot Games, so I joined onto the esports team there. Nick Allen gave me my first job in esports. Ran day-to-day league operations for the LCS for about three years. Um, and then from there, I went to this company called Catalyst, where I co-run esports with Bryce Blum, esports law. And over the last year and a half since I've left Riot, we've done a lot of cool stuff. We uh, helped. Uh, so Hotshot retained us to get the team bought by Madison Square Garden. We helped the Golden State Warriors get into esports. We've helped TSM get their Dr. Pepper sponsorship, and we've worked with a bunch of other people as well. So it's been a cool, fun ride. Been in esports uh, with a lot of different hats on, but League is uh, always have a special place in my heart for League. 
So you're just bringing a lot of money to the industry. It sounds like you're just like I'm, everyone I'm spend your money on esports. Send your money. You're like the esports salesman. Usually, the people I work with have more than 300 concurrent viewers, but there, you know, there's a place for everyone. Travis. Yeah, yeah. Well, normally we have higher, more than 300 concurrent viewers, but you know, <laughs> sometimes uh, shit happens. We run sometimes against the show the, starts late. Show starts late. We run against NBA. We don't have the highest prestige guest. You know, it's it's all this stuff. Scar you know, runs his own show at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I will say, I, I feel like the Warrior, the Warriors Rockets game must be affecting viewership. I would 100% be watching it if not for this. Yeah. Well, I don't even, uh, I don't even know what that I is. I don't know. Fortnite still has <laughs> 240,000 viewers. Yeah. Fair enough. How many people would watch uh, Clutch versus Golden Guardians? You know, that's what I'm saying. Well, fair enough. Yeah. That's what those two teams are, right? Actually, I think I saw someone was cheating today. All three teams left in the in the playoffs are own LCS teams. The Cavs won out the East, and then the Warriors and the Rockets have Clutch and Golden Guardians. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. 100 Thieves is affiliated with Cleveland, so yeah, pretty yeah. cool. All right, there we go. So anyway, so I don't know if you guys caught all that, but Ovi has been in esports for a very long time, does a bunch of really important stuff, and it's actually a pretty cool uh, episode to have him on because I think uh, this one, you know, it's a little less exciting than talking about um you know who won msi or whatever but i think a lot of you guys are very interested in sort of the business side of esports how things are done uh the different teams that are in how they get in how all this stuff works and uh while mark and i know a lot of this stuff i think it's also really nice to have uh ovi who works behind the scenes and has relationships with a lot of these different teams and has done worked on uh, some of the bigger deals worked at riot on a lot of the stuff behind the scenes uh who can who can really talk about this stuff so I think uh, for this show in particular, it'll be really cool to talk about that stuff. There was uh, obviously the BAMTech, uh, I should say the ESPN Plus announcement, because that's really what got announced this past week, um, which I did a video on. If, if you're watching the VOD right now, you can pause this, go watch that um, if you are interested in it. But It's 20 minutes long. I wouldn't watch it. I tried to prep for this. How, how far did you make it in? About a minute. Okay. Because that's well, when I realized it was 20 minutes, and then I skipped a little further in. Yeah. And then I, I just closed it. Well, are you familiar with what it is, uh, Mark? The BAMTech deal? Yeah. Travis, I don't know anything. Can you please explain to me what just happened? Okay. Actually, we should have Ovi explain it, I think. Ovi, are you comfortable explaining Whoever it or should qualified, I? Can you explain the Because I've just been talking about it. How it died and why it matters to I don't know about why it died, but maybe he can explain what got announced why it's a couple years ago. I don't know. Yeah, I can, I can speak to some of the high points. Uh, I'll have to be careful, but I think I think most of this is public now. I'll try and keep in mind. But basically, um, Riot signed a deal with uh, MLBAM at the end of 2016 to have uh, – well, that was actually a little bit interesting. The Wall Street Journal and a lot of news, outlet, news outlets sort of characterized the deal as having exclusive broadcast rights. It was an exclusive. Streaming LCS. Um, uh, Riot didn't frame it in quite that way, or at least they didn't comment on it. But yeah. let's in my in my interview, they said that it was still going to be streamed on Twitch and YouTube. Yeah. Uh, my assumption, and I can say this because I don't I don't know, uh, we won't put Ovi on the spot, but was that there was probably a plan over time to phase out Twitch and ES and uh, not ESPN uh, YouTube in favor of this platform because that makes a, a lot of sense that you would build the platform over time, and as you migrate people over to it, it'd probably be exclusive, but uh, probably not relevant. Yeah, so anyways, it was a $300 million deal uh, between 2017 and 2023, so around $45 million a year. 
Uh, and it was inclusive of uh, multiple regions, not just North America, uh, but presumably all the regions. Maybe there are some regions left out. I'm not sure exactly how much of that is public, so I'll be careful, but uh, multiple regions for sure. Uh, but then recently this past week, it was announced that that deal was, uh, that deal was dissolved. And basically because MLBAM, in part because MLBAM got bought by ESPN. Disney. Um, right, ESPN Disney. They have been, uh, they have a new deal, the terms of which were not disclosed, none of the numbers of which are disclosed. None of which stopped you from running a video saying it's the worst setback in the history of league esports. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I think it's fair to assume. Do you think there was a, a bigger setback in league esports? So it's an interesting question. We can get into it, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's as much of a setback as you think. But I also think it is a setback, but maybe not for the reasons that you stated. But uh, I can jump into it if you want, or I don't know if you. Yeah, want I mean, to, I from okay. So so because some people have uh, people felt like I had a bit of a sensationalist uh, title on the YouTube video where I talked about it being like the biggest setback for me. I don't think League has had too many big setbacks. Um, in fact, it's hard to, like, Mark, you were, I think you mentioned to me, you were talking to Josh about this, and you guys were kind of trying to theorize, like, what what are big setbacks? Um, and uh, I and so I think part of the reason I said that, uh, the biggest is, because I do think it is a big setback. Um, and I guess people can debate about whether or not uh, how big it is. Uh, I certainly never, some people started to say, oh, Travis is saying League is dying. That was never my intention. But I think if you look at the history of League of Legends esports, this is... Um, a pretty momentous uh, defeat, uh, I would say, compared to everything else that's happened out there. Um, but because it feels like everything's just been up and up and up and up and up for a long time. Um, so I don't know, uh, Ovi, if you you would you would share a different side of that. Yeah. So a couple of things on that. So one, yes. I mean, I think that it is. Uh, you know, the number's not public, which is why I think a lot of people are sort of hesitant to give a ton of analysis because. You know, unlike, say, the Overwatch deal, where we know that it's $90 million over two years, we don't really know what the terms are for the ESPN Plus deal. Uh, I think it's probably safe to assume it's not as ambitious as the BAM deal was. If it was, I think they probably wouldn't have dropped the announcement on the Friday before a long weekend, um, and there probably would have been a bit more fanfare around it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's a setback in some ways. I will say, the, one of the things that is interesting to me about it is that the BAM deal was originally supposed to cover multiple regions, right? And I think uh, it was going to be very difficult, I think, for BAM Tech to try and sell rights in Korea, Vietnam, Southeast Asia, the United States, Europe. Uh, I think given that uh, this ESPN Plus deal, to my understanding, is just for North America, I think that leaves that gives other regions more control over their destinies to be able to monetize and sell the rights for what they're worth. If you think about it, $40 million for 12, $40, 50000000 million for 12 regions worth of uh, League of Legends content is actually, that's, if you divide that, right, assume there's like roughly 10 teams per region, that's like, you know, you're talking about 130, 140 teams. Obviously, some regions like North America are going to get a little bit more of that pie, but that, you know, $40, $50 million number starts getting much, much, much smaller as you start dividing it 140 different ways. Uh, and so I think, this actually potentially isn't as bad a news as people think. And I think, you know, it can help regions sort of develop uh, based on how well their viewership's doing, how well they can monetize. Yeah, for me, I so one thing is I agree with you that when you think about it from that broad of a perspective, like the amount of uh, different, uh, the amount of different um, regions that it encompassed that, 40, 50, but I always saw that as sort of being the minimum, right? Because one thing we, we didn't mention yet was that uh, 
part of the deal was that BamTech and I guess their partners or, or whoever else was supposed to help Riot sell sponsors, uh, which, by the way, is potentially part of the reason we haven't. I, you could speculate that part of the reason we sure. haven't seen as much sponsorship in the LCS is because uh, this deal hasn't been going well or forward or whatever. Um, and so that the 40 to 50 million was at least like a, it was, it was a bare minimum amount. And also they never said it, it was always on average, right? So maybe the first year of the deal, like last year, 2017, maybe it was only 50 or maybe it was only 20 million, but a world, you know, in a couple of years, once they got everything going, it's supposed to be a hundred million, uh, or more perhaps, perhaps. I think the other thing was that there was a pretty heavy implication that the viewing experience, like the technology and everything they were going to be building, um, would have allowed further monetization, like a, a loyalty system where you get you you know pay five dollars to subscribe to the LCS uh, in LCS and you get uh, some sort of special experience and maybe you get like IP while you watch and all that. A lot of different things that we've seen in the Dota world and the CS:GO world and the Overwatch world, I think, were somewhat assumed to be coming into this. Now, again, part of that is speculation. They never announced it, but um, I think that that's it's pretty solid speculation from. Uh, some of the things that I've heard. Yeah, I mean, look, without all the details, spec you just kind of have to put speculation, speculation in yeah. front of everything. I will say the one th reason why I do actually feel pretty – to me, this I do feel regretful that this deal fell apart is uh, – or this deal was sort of dissolved and replaced by the CSPN Plus deal is that it seems like there's a possibility for Riot to try and create their – maybe not their own streaming platform per se, and I feel like they were really careful to – say that they're not creating their own streaming platform but i think their own viewing to... experience yeah exactly uh but i think if they i think you know there's been a lot of discussion around this lately that you know the the broadcast rights and the fees for broadcast rights for league of legends esports or esports in general um they're not necessarily keeping up with the amount that or not league of legends in particular i think just across the board a lot of it is sort of speculative because the advertising dollars aren't necessarily there yet to justify some of the valuations that these uh, you know, assets are being sold for. And so if you can create an experience that lets maybe lets people subscribe to, I know Riot has traditionally been really hesitant to put content behind a paywall. Uh, I don't think anyone's really been able to successfully do that, but I think there was a chance, depending on what they cooked up with BAM, I mean, that's a world-class organization. They built something impressive enough. I think there's a possibility they could have built like a premium experience that you subscribe to, and I think that could have been industry industry changing. Uh, yeah. It could have been really important. But like for you know, for four ninety nine ninety nine nine ninety nine, you can you can watch just double lift play, or from his perspective, or you can watch, uh, or you can listen to different commentators or whatever. Like maybe Cutie Pie and Tyler One do a guest commentary on one LCS day, and then you get to listen to their broadcast or whatever. Cutie Pie, Tyler, one probably not who Wright would pick, but uh, it's kind of an example of just like a really a bunch of really cool things that I think would excite people, and and quite frankly, I think people would not maybe be against spending four ninety nine or ninety nine nine. For instance, a lot of people spend four ninety nine to to my Twitch channel, and sure. if they're willing to sub to this thing, then they probably would have subbed to some really cool LCS thing. Yeah, and look, this is all speculation, right? None of this is publicly known. We can't know for sure. Uh, but I also don't know that that means the door is closed, right? It just means that, you know, the door is obviously closed with BAMTAC. But I think Riot, yeah. you know, uh, I guess it's back to the drawing board in some ways for them. But uh, perhaps they can figure out an individual experience for all their different regions, right? So yeah. um, I'm not privy to exactly what's going on, but it would seem to me that's probably the best way forward for them. Yeah. Well, uh, so that's the premise for any conversation we're going to have around uh, BAMTech or the BAMTech deal. If 
you know, Doublelift hosts us soon and we get 10,000 people watching this, maybe one of the 391 of you watching this right now can uh, explain this to them whenever they get confused when a caller calls in about it. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, Mark, do you want to give a spiel on how the call-in system works? Absolutely. It's my favorite thing to do over the entire broadcast. So the way this works is I'm going to be spamming the Discord link in chat right now. You want to go join that Discord. And once you're in there, there's going to be a couple channels you need to join. You need to join one of the Pleb Calls channel, unless you're a sub, and Travis will explain that later. Uh, but you're going to want to join one of those voice channels. You can mute yourself once you're in there. And then there are the text channels above them uh, called Pleb Topics. And in there, you're going to want to type out uh, whatever it is you want to talk about. And please make sure you have a take. Um, I think know, we can so, have some questions this episode because yeah, I was gonna say. it's kind of like businessy related, but yeah. Yeah, so if you have more questions about like how do sponsors really work in league, like Ovi's a great guy to answer that. And while that might be a little bit more nebulous or not even – it's less of a take than we're used to having, uh, I think it's fine for this episode. But generally speaking, if you have a take on something else, like I don't give a shit Clash failed this weekend. I thought it was a bad game mode because da-da-da-da-da, and then we can pull you or something like that because yeah. Crash also happened. Uh there's a lot of other things we can talk about as well. It doesn't have to be strictly BAM tech. So anything you guys want to talk about, head into the Discord, join those two groups, or the the channels, and then go ahead and put your takes yeah, in. Yeah, make sure that you are literally, you've joined one of the voice channels because we can't pull you in. A lot of people will pick questions or topics, and then they don't join a voice channel, so we can't pull them in. Uh, also, if you are a sub, uh, you can put something in the subtopic channel, uh, which... Uh, it doesn't. You, you aren't guaranteed be getting called in, but uh, that channel moves a little slower. We do check it, so it gives you a little bit of an increased chance. Uh, it also helps you support the show, so appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we'll be pulling some uh, conversations again. Like I, I would love to make this uh, a really good like esports business show where you you guys might have a take. Like, hey, I'm worried there's not enough sponsors, or I I'm wondering if Riot should expand, or any of these types of things. I think it's a great episode to talk about that stuff. Um, since we don't really have as much uh, NALCS uh, or other league content to talk about. So uh, as Mark pulls into that stuff, Ovi, let's let's get to know you a little bit more. What are you uh, what are you into? You know what, what how can these fans connect with you? What do you what are we do you like? I was I was out of the channel. Are we good? Uh, what uh, we're we're getting to know Ovi really quickly. Sixty seconds of getting to know <laughs> Ovi. Ovi, what are your interests? I don't think so, man. I'm just kind of a I'm kind of a nerd. Uh, play a ton of games. Playing a lot more Fortnite than League these days. But I wanted to get back into League for Clash. Didn't work out. But you did know, you have a Clash have team again. ready to play? Uh, yeah. Uh, loosely, I think we're all planning on it. But once the news came out, which was about like thirty minutes before, inconveniently, yeah. Uh, kind of fell apart for us but hope springs eternal maybe for next time okay uh you're into anime this is a new thing uh did i just say that yes uh recently gotten in a little bit into anime i'm certainly no ovly but uh my hero academia um attack on titan uh megalobox i'm just trying to start with the stuff that's on the air right now i've seen stuff like full metal alchemist and sword art online before but I think the stuff that's on the air right now, plus Attack on Titan, is a lot better than the why stuff I was trip to. Why is everyone allowed to talk about anime but me, Travis? Every time I try and talk about anime, you tell me we got to move on or the Mark, show's ended. I think, I think the 60 seconds are up. We do need to get the next call. It. We need to get the, into the first call. So let's go, <laughs> ahead and, let's go ahead and do that. I have thoughts on anime too, Travis. Well, Actually, before we get to the next call, I think Emily said something really smart. We already pulled somebody in. Oh no! Well, hopefully they can be patient for like two seconds. Okay. I was going to say, 
Emily said something really smart in the chat. She pointed out that like OGN and actually MLG and other people as well have tried the subscription model. I didn't mean to say that no one's ever done it before. I guess what I meant to say is that like at the publisher level, like no one's like gone full bore. Like yes, we're prepared to put our games flagship content behind uh, an esports paywall. Yeah, or link it into a game, right? Like yeah. where you you pay four ninety nine, kind of like a battle pass or a compendium thing. You know, I think that could have been interesting. Yeah, so it's a good point. It's a nuance I skipped over, so I'm glad she called it out. But uh, yeah, I, what I mean is, I, I think like full scale. So, anyways, caller, what's up? Cons is on the ch in the chat. How's it going, Cons? Pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Virginia. Virginia, very good. What do you want to talk? Well, first off, how's Virginia right now? I just want to uh, check in on good. it. It's pretty good. It's good. It's a little late. A little late. Yes. Well, I'm sorry if that's a veiled stab at us for hosting the show in a non-eastern. Uh, first caller coming in at 840 yeah, for yeah. some reason because we weren't ready i don't know why cons a... yes what do you want to talk about on the show so i had a question for uh ogi is it yeah yes. that's right uh but i guess mark and um travis can put in their two cents as well but my question was like as a veteran of the esports industry what kind of college degrees and majors do you see uh do teams and riot need right now or like what what is most in demand Ghost yeah, is a marine biologist. Fun fact. Um, Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So actually, one of the things I do also is like help esports teams with hiring. So I've helped usually like CEO, COO, CFO type candidates, but I see a I've helped a ton of teams and just like in general, like Mark and Travis and I, like I think people who are in the industry often get hit up like, hey, like, do you know someone who'd be a good social media manager or someone like that? Uh, as far as like a general degree, no, definitely not. Um, I think, especially from when I, I think when we got into esports, it was very much like a early days Wild Wild West type situation. Um, I often tell people that in my experience, the best way to get into esports, if you can't, at this point, I think there are actually some pretty good internships with like Blizzard, Riot, uh, Twitch, Discord, a lot of you know very established, well-reputed companies. Um, but I think the easiest path to esports in my experience still is like just create something. Like I've seen so many people who like uh, made a website, made like a passport as a job application, did a cosplay, created a blog, which by the way is how I got my start, uh, and then just got noticed and got traction on Reddit. And I mean, I think people in esports are that we are starved for good talent. To be totally honest with you, um, I don't know anyone who is running an organization or a company that I think highly of that feels like, yep, you know, we're fully stocked and there's no more room for growth. Like I think. If you're sort of a smart, capable person, I think the easiest way to do it is just make something uh, and get noticed. That may not be everyone's skill set. So I think the other stuff is, I think social media managers right now, I don't know that I would necessarily say that you should just like make that your life's purpose. But as far as like what's in demand, I think good social media managers, not only esports teams, but companies, early, like Ateo, for example, uh, is hiring for a social media manager right now. Game publishers, I think that's one of the hottest fields because being able to speak fluently like being, being able to speak professionally, but also fluently in like memes and understand what's going on on social media, latest trends, knowing who Lil Tay is, being able to, you know, uh, reference the latest like inside jokes on social media, super in demand. Um, otherwise, I think all the other stuff, like, uh, I'm trying to think. I think, I don't know about college degrees, but I think like people who have experience running businesses or people who have a lot of experience selling right now are in pretty high demand. Um, sponsorship sales, anyone who understands how to talk to brands and make esports make sense sense to them is in huge demand right now. Those yeah. are the two I'd go for. 
really good. Yeah. Mark, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I think uh, I think esports has progressed to the point now where it's kind of an industry like others, where like you just need to look at job openings, what people are posting, because most companies are like most teams are now run like companies and they'll have like an official website and like a career section or at least their Twitter will, will post things every now and then. Um, and I think a lot of people should stop approaching esports as a career and approach it like an industry and like pick out a job that you think you would enjoy doing elsewhere and then get into esports because it's a little weird to be like, I want to work in, in esports, but like, well, what do you want to do? You know, the same way, like, I want to work in movies. And it's like, well, do you want to direct them? Do you want to star in them? Do you want to edit them? Like, because there's a lot of jobs within that industry at this point. Yeah. So I just uh, I sent a blind email and it worked. But I think a lot of the times those days are over now. Does that address your uh, question, cons? Yeah, those answers are perfect. Oh, great. Uh, thanks so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for having me on the show, Travis. Go. Right. Easy, easy first one. Yeah, before we flame Ovi and give him his his Parth question. <laughs> yeah, there's. I love it. Is there is there a Jacob Wolf around that we could try and pull real quick? <laughs> oh man, I love Jacob. That's so funny. By the way, a uh, couple while we're moving on the next call, uh, shout out to the Aeronautics who subbed, the Wayward Soul who subbed. Ferdy IRL, Rob Bear Toe, Crazy Canuck 85, Sofa Wall, Selim, JT1237, Brahms. Brahms gifted a sub to Ovi, uh, Oak Silk. Oh, uh, thank you. Which is nice. Uh, uh, or actually, sorry, that was Boba Cola. Boba Cola gifted a sub to Oak Silk. Impressive that he was able to identify that that was you. Uh, Tubes resubbed, uh, The Eternal Cow, Bertoso, uh, Cerubic sent some bits. And uh, we got the next caller. Sushi is here. Sushi, where are you calling from? Um, Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. We get a lot of people from Seattle. I guess there's a lot of League fans up there. Have you they called in before, Sushi? They have an NBA sushi? team, so I got to watch yeah. Hotline League. <laughs> they, try to, they try to get an NBA team now. Or oh. since the revolution, revid, yeah, you know, of the arena. So, oh, conversation about getting an NBA team in? That'd yeah. be sweet. Yeah, nice. Um, what, uh, what, have you called in before, Sushi? Um, no, this is my first time. Oh, well, welcome to it. And thanks for being a sub. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So my question is that, you know how in the LPL they have two divisions, the East Division, the West Division, and Host City? Yeah. Do you think that will work in NA? We have a West and a East Coast and their Host City. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Mark, Ovi set up the last one, so maybe you should grab this one. Uh, and then we'll, we'll go to Ovi because I'm sure he has some good ideas on it too. So there's like what I want and what I think is good for the scene right now. And like, I would love, especially because the server is kind of in the middle anyways, like it would be really fun. Re well, it also is a little tough to talk about. Cause like, I feel like regionally is not a huge focus for North America, but it's also kind of that way because we haven't set it up to be regional yet. So maybe that would come with it. But like a lot of the focus is on worlds and like, I'm sure a lot of the teams and, some fans and coaches and stuff like that would be kind of sticks in the mud and they'd be saying splitting us up into two conferences makes us weaker. You lower the quality of scrim practice, yada, yada, yada. It's not great for, for what you want to achieve. But at the end of the day, I think it does make the scene a lot more fun. And I think a lot of people enjoy that kind of like East Coast, West Coast. Um, 
and then they go meet in the middle. It depends how you do it. The country's really big. You can never have those two teams play without flying them out. But then that brings a lot of travel or other interconference play, all this stuff. Uh, so, you know, I, I would love to have conferences and I think there's a, a way to do them well, but right now I don't think the community would be able to support that, like happening anytime soon. Uh, like you have to then, like there's so many logistical issues that crop up with like, now you need to build two stages and you need to find two groups of talent and split them up and shoot on different days. Or maybe you don't shoot on different, like I don't know how you do it, but it becomes a lot more difficult when you think that like having two separate physical locations is a bit of a nightmare. Well, um, I would just tired a little bit, add up like, you know how in LPL they do like a whole week? Do you think that will work here as well or? You mean like a whole week at one location? Yeah, or whole week, let's just say whole week in the, yeah, one location. Yeah, I think that's that's possible. Like, um, the thing is, like, they have all those places built right now, right? Like, I, I don't think the LPL is transporting equipment from each of those arenas. I think each of them have their own. And, and hopefully, Emily or someone who might know this a little bit better in chat can chime in. But I don't think that they are transporting equipment. I think it's No, mostly... I think they built those stadiums. Because I think the stadiums are getting built alongside the teams is what I understand. Like, it's supposed to be right. kind of like the team arena. Right. So, like, you would have to build another arena on the East Coast so you don't have to move all the equipment every time. And I just don't think that that's something Riot wants to spend resources on right now as they're trying to, like, move into franchising and work on some of the, some other issues first. Uh, yeah. Ovi, what, it, what's your take on this? I mean, you used to, I, I'm not asking you to pull anything from discussions that you had at right, but knowing that you used to work on the league, uh, you might have like a, a more interesting uh, take on this. Yeah. So when I worked one. at, yeah, when I worked at Riot on the League Ops team, this is exactly the kind of things we talked about, right? Like we talked, we talked about structure and format and all kinds of things. I think there's nothing to so long term. No, uh, you know, having two divisions in East West is like a classic way of dividing, uh, you know, dividing up sports leagues. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. As far as league, um, you know, geolocation is kind of like a hot button issue. A lot of people really like that. One of the unique things about esports is that you don't have to be a fan of a city. There's very, you know, there's a sense that like teams are global. Um, I will say though, I think personally, I'm kind of a fan of geolocation. I think. Uh, or region lock, uh, regionalization, I think it allows people to, I think it allows for teams to build affinity and fan bases that might not otherwise. Like, for example, you know, Cloud9, TSM, and other teams that have sort of you know, won everything in sight since they've been in the league tend to have pretty large fan bases. And, you know, not naming names to pick on anyone, but like teams that don't really win a lot or, you know, have flirted with relegation or now in the franchise era, you know, been at the bottom of the standings, it's a little harder for them to pick up fans. If you look at traditional sports, right? Um, you know, I can't imagine why anyone would be a fan of the Cleveland Browns if they didn't live in Ohio. Like, there's just nothing. You just lose over and over and over again. I think, sort of similarly, I think for some esports team, being able to have that feeling like, oh, you know, I'm from Philadelphia, and this is like my Philadelphia team, or like I'm from San Francisco, this is my San Francisco team. Um, I think it's something that could work, and, you know, you've started to see the beginnings of that with Overwatch League. All the games are still played in Burbank, so we realistically haven't actually s seen what it looks like, because, you know, it's not... But they're, I mean, to to their credit, though, while they are played in Burbank, I think, like, the, and, and the Rockets have tried to do this a little bit in League, like, there are viewing events and the kind of, like, activations that are happening in these different places. I don't know what the, 
what's going on with uh, the Cloud Nine uh, or the Spitfire stuff, but they're there. I know they were planning on building something in in the UK. Well, so, so there is still yeah, yeah. some aspect of it, even if it is all in Burbank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big. So I was about to follow up, but I'm glad you jumped in, Travis. Like, yeah, uh, you know, I think he. I've seen some pretty amazing, you know, video footage and pictures from sold out fan, you know, meetups in Houston and uh, San Francisco and some other major media markets. And, you know, people really feel the pride in a way that I haven't seen uh, necessarily for some league teams. Like, I've seen people who are like, I'm diehard Valiant fans because I'm a fan of every LA team. So, like, for the same reasons I'm a Lakers fan, I'm a Valiant fan. I haven't really heard anyone talk that way about any of the league teams, in part because they haven't, uh, you know, geolocated. That's anecdotal. That's just one person. But well, I, think, I think there's something powerful there. But sorry, you were about to say? Um, well, you know, um, like the Clutch Gaming, you know how they're from Houston. Yeah. Like, they have a, they've been building up a fan base in Houston because that's, like, their home team. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That's why I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think long term, if they actually like play games in Houston and they really geolocate it as like the Houston Clutch, um, or Clutch Houston or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that working out. We're just to Mark's point though. I, I'm not sure that's going to happen in the next year, but I I 100% think that makes sense, and there's nothing to prevent it from you know working out for the Mark, league. Mark, we lost you on Skype. What is that picture? That's awesome. Did we, Mark? Whoa. Did we lose Mark in general? Okay. Well, we lost him in general. Hopefully, he'll come back. Otherwise, the overlay is going to start getting really funky. Um, okay. Yep. That's that's it getting really funky. Uh, oh, Ovi, you've never weird. looked better. How can I get myself in, back into the frame? Uh, yeah. There we go. Well, that's Mark's frame. <laughs> so now you can now you can give Mark you can rebuttal to your own opinion for, as Mark. Uh, right now in that box. Get down to the bottom. bottom. Yeah. I can- Get, get here, Mark. Yeah. This is your spot now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we get him back. I uh, I don't know a good way to fix this. Um, <laughs> and the, we'll just we'll just continue on for a little bit. Um, yeah. I sushi. I I look. I think regionalization is a really good. The more I've seen it, the more I've liked it, and the more I've thought about yeah. it, the more I've liked it. Um, and I I was pretty skeptical of it in the beginning. Um, I think Overwatch League has done a good job. Of, <laughs> can you stop? Uh, I think Overwatch League has done a good job of uh, setting a precedent there that like, hopefully other people will be able to follow. And, and I don't know if we'll ever see it in League's lifetime, uh, but I would, it, you know, it's the type of thing where I, I do wish it, it existed. I think the problem is right now, I don't think they should be adding more teams to the League. Um, so creating kind of this dual conference thing, I think it'd be really hard to do without adding more teams to the League. And... Uh, Hello, Mark. Where is he? Hello, um, I'm back. Okay, okay, that was really loud. We missed you. Can you rejoin the Skype call? Because the overlay is... Wait, it says I'm in the Skype call. You guys aren't moving. No, you you should probably close your Skype and restart it. Um, you probably shut your mouth. There we go, I see it. Okay. Hey, there we go. Hey. Yeah. So here's what I think. I don't know what you guys just said, but let me chime in. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I think it's hard to do without adding more teams uh, to create the dual conference thing, and I don't think that they should be adding more teams right now. All right, so let's say that the dual conference thing is off the table for a little bit and kind of returning to the Overwatch League model. Like, when I initially heard geolocation announced, I thought that they were, like, literally going to... And, like, I know the plan is to have all that stuff built, but, like, five-year plans in esports to me don't mean shit. Like, I haven't seen a single five-year plan followed, I think, ever in my life following esports now. (laughs) Uh, So I guess what I'd say is, like, 
do are we fine with just like slapping the name of a place on something and being like, yeah, that's that's the New York TSM, yeah, because that's how I mean, like that's and they they do do things regionally like watch parties and stuff, but is that uh, like an acceptable form of geolocation is a, a name? Do you think it hurts? I don't think so. That's my point. Is like having watched it be successful for Overwatch League and the fact that they haven't really really followed up on it too heavily like is that like just a fine place to start and like if the league does continue to grow and do fine then you're like yeah we always planned on building stadiums but in no way was it totally conditional on the fact that this worked out you know yeah i mean ovi do you think that it it hurts to do and not have teams playing in the arena i don't think it hurts but i do think that there's uh i think there's a point at which people will start to maybe get restless i think you know for the first year or two of the league i think you get a lot of slack for a lot of things and deservedly so right like you're the expectation is that you're learning new things and it's going to get better over time but um you know if we're not seeing actually games actually being played uh, in the cities that these teams are geolocated with i could definitely see some medium-term long-term frustration but in the short term absolutely not i don't see any harm uh yeah. I, i've so far only seen good things yeah that's what I'm saying. Just just attach names to everyone. <laughs> just force them to go to one fan meet in the offseason at that city for their respective teams. And, you know, when League yeah. is dead in three years, no one cares. Or if it's continuing to do fine, then you kind of have to put your money where your mouth is a little bit. Yeah. I feel like League is growing still. Yeah. I mean, that's a separate conversation. I think there are elements of it that are and elements of it that aren't. Um, it but... also probably varies by region. Like. Yeah. North America might not look the same as Japan, for example. Or Vietnam. Got their server way later. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Vietnam is exploding in player base. It's huge compared to Vietnam. NA, which has tapered off. Yeah. Vietnam's going to win worlds. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Sushi, Sorry, thanks so much for calling into the show. Uh, can I say two things before I leave? Yeah, as long as they're in a. As long as one of them is about Omen by HP. Yeah. This show is sponsored by Omen by HP. And I want to give a shout out to my friend, Jared. Jared. What up, Jared? Well, that's oh. waiting for me in a faraway call. Okay. Well, one of those are more appreciated than the other on the show when it's not. Jared. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sushi. I really appreciate your call. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. And shout Bye. out to Jared. Yeah. Uh, all right. Where were we? Am uh, I going to another person? Yes. Vobacola gifted a sub to Hunter. Uh, Platt Fezzer subbed. PBN Jam 311 resubbed. Schleppard resubbed for four months and says, no Kelly today, thank goodness. And boy, can I agree with that. Consulate64 resubbed, uh, says TSM, TSM. Real Foxy gifted a sub to Monte Cristo. Thanks, Real Foxy. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Cine Friday resubbed uh, and wrote Poggers. So now we're all caught up on the sub. Scar94 is here. Scar, were you born in 1994? Maybe. All right. Well, I had a little, there's a little detective work I just did there to figure that out. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Houston. Houston. Okay. Well, we were just talking from some, somebody from Seattle who was referencing Houston and the the clutch base. Why aren't you wa- watching the Rockets game? Isn't that isn't that uh, aren't they based out of right? Houston? It finished like uh, an hour ago. Half okay. An hour ago. Well, people said that we were streaming this at the same time, so I don't. They're crazy. It um, kind of overlapped a little, like the beginning part of the show overlapped with the end of gotcha. the game. Did they shoot a lot of hoops? Uh, I guess. Yeah. Can we move on to your no. topic? Yeah, Scar, Scar. we can move on. We can move on. Scar, what what would you like to talk about on the show today? Um, I'd like to ask Ovi, um, 
what it's like communicating with non-endemic sponsors uh, about a market space that they don't really, they probably don't really know well about, like maybe like Dr. Pepper or, you know, like advertisers and marketers that don't really know much about the esports space and want to get in the esports area and need to know how the market and viewers function. Yeah, and just for the context for the people that don't know the term non-endemic, we tend to think of things like Logitech and Razer, people who have kind of a natural affinity towards esports because they're, you know, somehow directly involved with like gaming or whatever as, as endemic. And we t- we tend to talk about uh, things like Geico, Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper, uh, Toyota as non-endemics because they, they're they sort of uh, in the broader sphere of, of is, companies. Is there like a proper definition for endemic? And non- like I haven't really looked it up, so I'm just going to ask I mean, you I think the general term is like being of the system, of the same system, like, uh, but it's, it's not like an esports term. It's like... Yeah. Right. I knew. I knew that. I just meant like. Uh, Let me di- dictionary. dot com at one second. Yeah. No, I just I just wanted to match it up against you so I could think about how. Yeah. Hold on. Let me look it up. Okay. Okay. While my you know two sleuth co-hosts are regularly uh, found among particular people or in a certain area. Yeah. So it's hard I would to argue. <laughs> I would argue Coke Zero and Dr Pepper in some ways are endemic. All right. Let, it's regularly found for the purposes of conversation. My <laughs> definition is what applies. Ovi, go for it. Yeah. So look, I think so. It's been a couple of different conversations, right? I feel like when I when I start, I would say maybe two years ago when I was starting to have these conversations, you know, the conversations would be something like, "Kids watching other kids play video games? That doesn't sound plausible. What is this like niche random thing?" Uh, and then I think, you know, as esports has sort of exploded more and more over the last couple of years, I think you're sort of seeing different, more sophisticated conversations. So one conversation I've had is like the very basic, like, why would I want to be a part of people watching other people play video games? Like, isn't that like people in their mother's basements eating Cheetos? That doesn't align with my brand. My brand is like very premium. It's not about Cheetos in mother's basements. And so I don't see a fit and be like, no, no, like actually, you know, sell out stadiums and like a lot of the pro players are very fit and, you know, ESPN covers it and there's... You know, prize pools bigger than that of the Masters and golf and stuff like that. Um, I think nowadays you're seeing more sophisticated. And so I think one version of the conversation that I tend to have is with brands who are like, you know, uh, is it worth the cost and also the risk? Because I think um, a lot of not not a ton of big brands have come into esports yet. And so I think a lot of chief marketing officers or CMOs can be a little bit nervous about getting into something new and less understood. If you go, if you just put a couple million dollars in the NFL or in, you know, sort of uh, you know, Good Morning America spots or whatever, something that's really common and well worn, there's no risk, right? But if you go into esports, you're kind of putting yourself out there, right? Your 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 entire legacy of that company might be defined by this like crazy zany new strategy in esports. So I think a lot of CMOs are a little gun shy and they really want to like fully understand what's going on. Um, I had a conversation with with someone who was really cool and ended up putting some money into esports. Where it was really interesting. Was the sponsor? Really, uh, it was a sponsor. He's pretty familiar with all this. He's pretty familiar with all of the you know, sort of dollars in esports. He's pretty familiar with you know the demographics. It's you know eighteen to thirty four, heavily male, makes more money than the average, uh, than median income, college more likely to be college educated than not. We're all rich, and all the esports fans are rich. Is what we're all intellectuals. I'm, not, I'm, rich and I'm smart. We're all intellectuals uh, making a lot of money. Do they talk about how handsome we all are? Did, yeah. they, did that guy talk about that? A lot of, a lot of Rick and Morty fan overlap. With yeah. these guys. <laughs> but, uh, 
No, I mean, the point being, relative to the general population, that's one of the reasons why advertisers are so interested to get in there. And so, I mean, the, the, it's like that classic set, right? Like the average baseball fan viewer is 55, NFL is in the 40s, I think the NBA is low 30s, and esports, it varies based on title, but around, you know, 20s for sure, low 20s in most cases. So anyways, um, yeah, I think those conversations are really interesting. It depends on the brand sponsor, but just a quick anecdote I was giving. I was talking to a brand and he was sort of like, yeah, but we already reach a bunch of 18 to 34 year olds. I don't see the point, uh, like with traditional sports stuff. And I was like, right, but the 18 to 34 year olds who are watching like the NFL aren't necessarily the same 18, 34 year olds who are watching Hotline League. Um, and that was really interesting to him. He was like, wait, so you're telling me there's like this whole group of, you know, young people who don't consume any of the content that we advertise in. I was like, yes, that is one of the reasons why esports is so interesting. Cause a lot of these folks don't really consume traditional media. Um, they're not watching cable. They're not watching the ball game necessarily. Uh, and a lot of people do, but I'm just saying that there's a, I think there's a pretty large body that don't. And so anyways, they ended up doing an activation with someone that I think worked, that I think is pretty cool. So yeah, just cause it me? Show, right. I said something pretty cool, Travis. Oh. I have two questions for Obi following up on this. The first one is like, what's the funniest, like most awkward conversation you've had with a brand about this where like they just didn't get it? And I hope like you don't have to burn any bridges or say who it is. I just I just like there has to be some like kind of meeting where you just like walked in there and like within a couple minutes you're like these people have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. Um Let's see. For me personally, okay, two stories. One I've heard secondhand and one for me personally. For me personally, there's a story where we I went to talk to a brand and they more or less were like, why would we want to market to basement dwellers who eat Cheetos? And I was like, oh God. I was like, uh, this meeting, like within, as soon as they said that statement, I was like, this meeting is a waste of time. Like there's no, there's no way. And I was like, well, the best I can do is make use of this like remaining 30 minutes to like educate them a little bit and like show them a few, you know, video clips and pictures and maybe start to make them curious, but no way you're going to take someone from esports fans or basement dwellers that, you know, are essentially homeless to, wow, this is an exciting and dynamic new form of entertainment that I want to be a part of. Um, the other one is pretty funny. Uh, wait, real quick. Is there ever like a, like a little bone in your body where you're just like, dude, fuck these people stay away from our like thing. You like, you know, close minded, you know, you don't get us. Did you ever just like want to fuck with them a little bit? You know, it's interesting. Not so I totally get that temptation. And I was actually curious if I would feel that way, but I've started, I sort of began to realize that like, come like these large brands, like they're enormous corporations whose primary business is not advertising, right? Their primary yeah. business is making, you know, ho-hos or making cars or making air conditioners or whatever it is that they do. And so the, 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 what they're doing on marketing is like, you have to be kind of patient, right? Because it's not their core business. It's not what they do. And also a lot of times, this is something I didn't know. Like a lot of these companies actually change CMOs pretty often. Uh, and so the person who you're talking, I've had this the CMO being class, chief the marketing officer, oh, like the person oh, yeah, in yeah, charge yeah. of all these budgets and, and giving the thumbs up and everything. I've actually, so I think you just can't take it too personally and you can't really think of it like this company doesn't like esports. I think it's more like this person who controls marketing doesn't like esports, but like, it sounds that pretty personal not, to me. Well, that person might not be there in two years. In fact, I've literally had that situation where I had a conversation with a the brand. They were super not interested, super didn't get it. Um, 
spoke to them like a year and a half later, there was someone new. The person was super dynamic, super interested in esports, and ended up at least exploring it. And so, yeah, I think this notion of like, you know, screw you, stay out of my ecosystem. Like, I don't, I just don't know that that really helps anyone. And you know, as a fan, you know, I think most fans don't think about it as much. Uh, but you know, I think for everyone else in the industry, we're all aware, right, that like we need. It's esports is amazing entertainment product, but we need to have the financial lifeblood to keep the lights on, pay players' salaries, justify publishers making investments, help teams run operations, all that good stuff. And so, um, no, I, I never take it personally. I just see it as an opportunity to, or just a hope that, like, you know, this went poorly, but I hope down the line either there's a new CMO or this person changes their mind. What is the all second right. story? Yeah, second story. Um, oh, man. It you must said, not have been important. You said it happened to a friend. No, wait. You said this was not, didn't happen yeah, yeah. to you, not personal, but a really funny one that you heard about a brand that like just didn't get it, and it was like a funny, funny meeting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember this. Basically, the brand, the the person was presenting the brand, and they were describing Counter Strike. They were trying to get a Counter Strike sponsorship, and um, they should, I don't know why they would put this in a deck, but they showed like. Uh, they, you know, they basically showed basically the, the person was sort of into it. They're like, yeah, I see all this esports stuff. And then they saw like a terrorist, like blow away a cop with an AK. And they were like, oh my God, like get out of my office. So it was like, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> they got kicked out of the meeting. I mean, I think they were not in the moment, but I, from what I heard, they were just more or less like, no, absolutely not. Never. We'll never invest in this. And it sounds like esports is not for us, which is like, obviously. Yeah. There are other and that's kind of like the Counter-Strike problem, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think, like, Turner's done some clever things by, you know, like, when you play CSGO, like, when you set off the bomb, it's like, terrorists win. Like, they don't do that, right? They, like, cut that bit of VO, and they try it. They call them C CTs and Ts, but at the end of the day, due to the ski mask, blowing away a cop with an AK, like, it's pretty hard to sell to sponsors, yeah. but. Yeah. Right. Uh, speaking of, of selling sponsors, do you ever feel like marketing towards the gamer demographic is harder than marketing towards the like more mainstream demographic because I personally feel like gamers are more concerned about like the ideas of selling out and like are more cynical and skeptical around products maybe I don't know if that's just how I feel about things or if that's that's a bigger gamer kind of like sentiment I was I gonna ask something. Oh, sorry. yeah no no go for it I also want to ask something similar to what Mark was saying about like uh esports fans and social media and, and like uh how brands would find it more difficult maybe to reach out to esports fans versus, you know, like an NBA or NFL fan. Yeah, and, you know, to some extent, I think that's actually a function of age as much as anything. Like, I'm not sure that it's necessarily, like, NFL fans are drastically different from esports fans. I feel like I would venture to say that, like, 17-year-old NFL fans are probably not, probably more similar to 17-year-old esports fan than they are 60-year-old NFL fans, right? Like, I think, yes, Mark, I agree with you, but I think that's not... Part of that is definitely gamers, but I think part of it is like, I think younger people in general are harder. I think we're much more yeah. jaded. We're much more aware of when we're being marketed to. And so sort of like, have you ever had a stain that you can't remove? Well, you just like <laughs> crazy, you know, cleaning fluid. Uh, I feel like it's just sort of a meme, right? I feel like people, our generation's been marketed to since, you know, since birth. And so I think it's harder to market to us. The brands that do it well are either like Mimi or Jokey or like self-aware, like Arby's, right? They had this great tweet the other day someone was making fun of them for like making anime references to try and sell roast beef sandwiches. And so they tweeted like, 
haha, here's some anime and I buy some roast beef sandwiches. It's like, that's hilarious, right? That's really yeah. funny. They're, we get the joke and they get the joke. And so it's marketing, but like, it's good to do. Uh, but that's, you know, probably harder than putting together like a standard 30 second spot. Takes the cheesy new beef sandwich at Arby's or whatever. So yeah, I think it's harder, but honestly, this is a problem that they're going to have to solve long-term anyways. So why not get an early head start with esports? Yeah, the only the only thing I would say is uh it's I think it's it's easier and harder. It's harder in the sense that uh there I think to what Obi was saying, uh, the viewers esports viewers are far more aware of what is happening and more cognizant and thinking about like the the transaction, like the marketing transaction that is happening. That can be both good and bad because if you fuck up, they're going to hate it. If you uh, if you nail it, they're going to really love it and support it. Um, you know what? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know what? That's exactly, that's an extremely great point as a follow-up. It's like, it's, it's a, there's a higher entry cost in terms of like brain power. Cause, or not brain power. That's sorry. That sounds awful. Like um, understanding the market effort, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah, I think it's not, I think it's going to be harder to accidentally resonate with esports fans. But if you do, um, it's great, right? Like people, I've seen people shout like do Arby's chance or T-Mobile chance or Toyota chance in esports crowds, like thunderous entire arenas. I've been to a lot of NBA games. I've never heard an entire arena chant a sponsor's name. Been a lot of college football games, never heard that. So I think it's sort of like hard to get, hard to get their affection. But once you do, I feel like esports fans are super loyal. I yeah. constantly see people tweeting like, "Hey, I bought a four thousand dollar HP computer because I watch hot, you know, Hotline League," and I'm like. God damn! Like I would not buy a four thousand dollar computer without, uh, you know, some pretty serious need. But this person really loves Travis and Omen. Uh, Scar ninety four, thank you so much for calling in. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a lot of a lot of information. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks. Cheers. Well, it's time uh, for our oh. ad. Oh. Uh, oh. It's time to talk about our sponsor, the greatest sponsor. That has ever sponsored. You talk about resonating with fans, Travis. The, Have you ever yeah. seen a show where the callers on their way out thank the sponsor? Have you ever seen that? They are the greatest sponsor to ever sponsor Hotline League. I say that. I say that in all truthfulness. Uh, and that's Omen by HP. Omen by HP. You guys are shouting them out in the Twitch chat right now. I love it. Throw I get. Up. I get tweets from you guys. I see it uh, in YouTube comments. I see it in Reddit threads. You guys get it. You guys get that Owen by HP supports us uh, doing this show. Even if Mark hasn't sent me a fucking invoice in two months, uh, he's going to get paid eventually for it. I sent it by carrier pigeon. Did you not get it? Um, (laughs) He he gets paid to do this show. Uh, I get the support uh, uh, of them. And and you guys support them. And... um, I, I somebody just subbed and said love the show. One by HP cured my uh, disease. Thanks, Travis. So uh, you guys get it. You guys get uh, that they they help support the show, that they make this possible, and that uh, they help uh, independent content creators like myself. And they, they don't just help independent content creators. They don't help uh, shows like this. They also help uh, teams. You know, CLG sponsored by them. Uh, they they support leagues like Overwatch League. They've done uh, they sponsored events like the esports or sorry like the the video game awards that happen at the end of the. The year last year, they're they're doing a lot to really help uh, support the esports and gaming space. Uh, it'd be really easy, you know, like some some folks out there, they just buy banner ads or what. These guys really want to do a lot of stuff and uh, and create some cool stuff. Working on on something with them right now that I'm not allowed to talk about, but it's coming and it's gonna be cool. I'm um, gonna mention it vaguely. Yeah, I I probably am not even supposed to say that. 
probably not even supposed to say that, but uh, doing some cool stuff with them. So anyway, look, they, they helped make the show possible. Uh, doing this all on owned by HP Gear. Uh, have have a laptop. Love have have not had a bad experience with them uh, in any of the stuff that they've given me. So really appreciate uh, all the support that they give. Uh, and thanks to all you guys, by the way, who shout them out on the show, who shout them out elsewhere, who follow them on Twitter. Uh, if you're watching the VOD, you can follow them on Twitter, tweet at them, say you appreciate their support, say anything, uh, as long as it's nice, uh, to their Twitter account, which I'll put in there. And then also uh, we'll drop it in the Twitch chat right now if you guys want to give them a follow. They, they got some cool content coming. So anyway, thanks so much to Owned by HP, and thank you guys all for uh, supporting their support of Hotline League. Is there a can someone like make a shirt that just says like supported by owned by HP or sponsored by? There's probably some copyright and trademark issues there, but it's just a name. You know, I'm not I'm not saying get the the thing, right? Yeah. I let's I'll I'm not I'll, saying we sell them. I'm not saying we sell them. I'm they have a legal department ships, I have to talk to about this stuff. So ships we can... one anonymously to you, like what are you just banned from ever opening that box and wearing it around in public? Look, we're gonna we'll talk about this off air. We'll talk about hypothetically. It yeah, I feel like this VOD is going to be played in court one day, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sir, I was under the influence. You can't, you can't use anything I say here. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, somebody gifted them a sub uh, like a, a month or so ago. So I think that they uh, they might be a sub to this channel too. Who knows? Um, let's go ahead and move on to our next call, though. If Mark wants to go grab them, as I close my lead client because it made a ping noise because somebody invited me. Uh, Travis, interview Gutex, please. Somebody in Twitch chat just says. Uh, I've, I used to do a show with Gutex. It was very short-lived. Um, get us an Owen by HP emote. You guys are the best. Um, what's going on? I, I'm waiting for you to start. The guy's oh. Isento's in here. I missed that, Mark. You're so oh, quick shit. these days. He did the reveal before Travis did. Now it's all... All right, well, Travis, Travis, we're gonna... isn't, Travis isn't watching Discord. Okay. I, I moved know. him out of the call. Out of the call. I'm gonna bring him back in. All right. Okay. Azento's here on the on the show right now. Azento, where are you calling from? Oh wow, I'm calling from LA. I'm so excited to be on here, and and you know. Yeah, it sounds sarcastic. It sounds like you're not excited to be on. No, 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 I no. I just about being in LA. I don't think he's really in LA. No, he is in LA. <laughs> he goes to LCS. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've met him. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. Azento, good save. What do you want to talk about on the show today, Azento? Uh, basically, since we can't go back in time and say that the ESPN Plus deal hasn't happened and that Riot should do something different, we need to face the fact that it already happened. And with that said, ESPN Plus needs to offer a different experience as the crowd is most likely going to be entirely different because you're not going to get these Twitch viewers or these YouTube viewers to switch over to this ESPN Plus and pay a $5 subscription fee just so they can watch it on a different platform. Now, with that said, they might you know, offer some crazy overlay that I can't even possibly imagine right now, but it's still, like I said, difficult to imagine in the first place to revamp the viewer experience. So what should be done is that they should offer a noob-friendly stream because that is most likely going to be their demographic. 
And to do that, you have to have probably different casters or a dedicated casting crew and observers too, because that's important as well to focus on the uh, the micro aspects of the game. You know, say uh, Ash using her W or like what the hell is that hawk shot going across the screen what does that do you know and then there should be possibly segments that like break down the mechanics of the game uh you know in between the games themselves to explain what champions do what their cooldowns are and what to generally so you're kind of talking about making it a, a noob friendly stream essentially yeah basically so first off this is the first moment when you said five dollars. This is the first moment where I've realized I don't really give a shit about sports, but five dollars is a pretty good deal for ESP Plus. I'm not gonna. Am I crazy here? I don't think you get Sports Center and all the other stuff. I think it it's says four ninety nine, and you get like live sports like MLB, MLS, NHL. Oh, it's a selection, so it's not all yeah. of them. You get yeah uh, thirty for okay, whatever. Anyway, $5 is pretty good. $5 is not that great when it's available for free on get Twitch. It, get a seven-day trial, Travis. Do it on air yeah. after the show. Well, I, I then I can't really broadcast any of that because it's copyrighted stuff. But No, but you're you're broadcasting the experience of signing up. Yeah. It's transformative. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it holds in court. Will not hold in court. I'm pretty sure Ethan Klein... Obi almost was a lawyer. Had a, <laughs> it's close enough, all right? It's, it's just the H3... Case, just bring that up. Okay. <laughs> Is ESPN really going to go after Travis Gafford for getting people to use their product for free? Sorry. Yes. You shouldn't have crossed um, Jacob Wolf, Travis. Uh, I feel like they absolutely go after have, him. Have I crossed him? I heard he was subtweeting me uh, this week. I don't. Man, Mark is just ruining your brand. First talking about Asian <laughs> I've been saying this for a while. And now he's talking about ESPN. Mark is a detriment to my brand. I give great ideas of free publicity. For he wanted to sit on my face. You want to start legal action shirt. over that? That's not my problem. Mark wanted to make Amazing. boxers with our faces on them. And then Amazing. called it sit on my Amazing. face. Amazing. What uh, is your merch shop right now? Because that is a fucking winner. I'm waiting for Travis Gafford merch. It's a completely untapped market. They're just not going after for some reason. Let's my move mom. on. So, uh, okay, essentially, my problem with all that is what? Well, okay, taking a step back, talking about the ESPN Plus stuff. I don't think anyone's going to watch this shit. I don't think anyone's going to watch ESPN like League of Legends on ESPN Plus unless you are a League of Legends fan, and for some reason it is easier to stream e- using the ESPN Plus app to your like television or whatever than it is to use Twitch. Um, I don't think there's that many of those people because like Slingbox and the, the built-in stuff on TV, like all that stuff already has Twitch for the most part nowadays, I feel like. And if it doesn't, by the way, it has YouTube, uh, which streams this as well. So I don't think anybody's going to watch okay. it there. Well, see, but I... but if the, the the issue that I have is, is you're suggesting like, okay, well, maybe there is, even in a world where there are people who don't normally watch League of Legends that are like, oh, I, I accidentally clicked the... <laughs> the League of Legends thing, because I thought it was Legends of Basketball. Um, that person is going to, like, you're spending so much money to create a premium experience for somebody who's probably not going to watch very much of it, because uh, you'd have to pay the different casters, you'd have to pay the different broadcast thing. All that stuff is going to cost so much money that I don't think it's worth it. Well, then you realize, okay, well, how many different avenues of, creating new players does League of Legends actually have? 
when you look at the game itself, it's it's such a high barrier of knowledge that it off offputs a lot of people. You look at Counter Strike, for instance. It's a very easy game to understand. A lot of people that yeah, terrorists their main kill cops. Is... <laughs> As someone who plays a lot of Fortnite, I'm not sure that's actually true. I mean. I think That's... most people understand the concept of shooting, but when you're when you get in a game and someone's like, "Yo, go long, go long," I'm going heaven. Yo, plant a beat. Like, it, to, to his no, point, no. though, there's something more visceral about watching a grenade blow somebody up than are, are watching... we talking about watching or playing? Because yeah, I we're talking watching. about watching. Okay, yeah. yes, hundred percent. CS:GO is way easier. Yeah. To watch, no question. CS:GO. No question. It, so you get a cross demographic of both Dota players. League of Legends players and Overwatch players watching CSGO in the majors and stuff in the very big games, right? And that's how you can get a, a certain amount of crossover because it's such a low barrier of entry of knowledge to be able to understand the game. Well, League of Legends has a bigger difficulty with that. So with that said, you have this ESPN Plus, which could be this new avenue. And sure, it's going to tank in the beginning, and it's going to be somewhat of a money sink, you could say. For but, Disney. Uh, <laughs> but in the end, I think it could generate a good amount of new viewer base and new player base as well, too. And I think that's the direction that it should go, because... Who the fuck is going to buy this subscription if they already watch it on Twitch or YouTube and they're already a, a League of Legends player regardless? Well, what will be the bigger disappointment for Disney? Uh, solo Week 1 or League of Legends on ESP Plus? Travis, you're bad, dude. That's, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> um, I uh, I just don't... So, so your argument is that by creating like a noob-friendly experience in ESP Plus that you're going to get potential new League of Legends viewers? Yeah, Zento? exactly. So, I mean, because if, if, sorry, I'm Mark, a, if I'm a new viewer and I can watch it on Twitch, I already know that. I can watch it on Twitch. I can watch it on YouTube. And sure, there is this also certain amount of exposure that you need to be able to know in the first place that this game even exists, right? So if I'm already on Twitch or I'm already on the gaming section of YouTube, most likely I already know what right. League of Legends is, right? But with ESPN's audience, you may not even know what League of Legends actually is. So why would you cater this type of demographic towards what we already have within the broadcast which is you know talking about oh, okay this guy's going man he's going to rotate oh yep he's going to get sedge ulted oh bam uh yeah he's already locked up dead all right let's move over to the other part of the map because we already know this guy's dead yeah like that's that's not that great for a new viewer experience which is most likely what you're going to get from this espn plus so, yeah, so i the here really quickly before mark goes all i will say is i think not all I will say, but for now, all I will say is uh, the most efficient way of Riot to get a League of Legends spectator is to convert an existing player. I think we would all agree that the, the path of least resistance for, for League getting a spectator is, is converting a, a player. I think, I think that it is far more efficient for them to spend money on ads or new experiences or like improve the onboarding experience for new players... Uh, and try to bring those people into the game and then convert them from that game to being a spectator than it is to to 
get a 45 year old man who's interested in watching MLB uh, into watching League of Legends. Mark, go. Okay, so I was going to say the LCS viewer funnel coming from that is probably just not going to work out if if you're going for a new friendly experience. I just I can't see that being the like the best strategy especially for how much like Travis of the resources it'll cost you. But I do think the idea of offering something unique is is a pretty decent approach. Like I don't think like you said existing LCS fans want a third uh place to watch the lcs on you already have youtube and twitch so you need to offer a new experience and i think one thing i would love if they did was just like and this is probably espn might not be the right company for it but i would love a less professional approach to the lcs because what the tcs has showed and what some of these other events have showed is like people love that down-to-earth feel like the bts kind of stuff that they have and i think um, ESPN also did a thing where they used to go live on Facebook, I think, and they would have like Loco Doco and someone else and some third yeah. person doing like. No one watched the... that. Poe Belter. Yeah, Poe Belter. <laughs> right. But like I'm saying, like, that's a better approach, I think, than going for the new player funnel. Like, just because I don't think you're going to be able to get consistent LCS fans by converting them from ESPN plus existing users. That just, that, that pathway just seems like it's a dead end. But I do think you could take existing fans of the LCS and give them a different experience that then appeals to them more. Um, and so I think hiring someone with a really great personality to be like, kind of like, that's the guy that's going to be like the face of the ESPN product or something like that. Like Tyler One. Not saying you should get Tyler One, but someone. Um, as spicy. But you yeah, know, I mean, spicy. we're just saying this is theoretical, right? Because we know that they're not going to do any of this stuff. In fact, they've they've said specifically that they are not trying. Well, sorry. The context I was given for this was not that they were trying to pull, that they saw Twitch or YouTube as competitors and they were trying to create a different experience, that they were actually trying to show this to a broader audience. Which right. is what you're referring to, Isento. I just I agree with you and and with Mark that this is not that that's not a really that's not a real thing, especially if all you're going to do is show them what everyone expects. Ovi, yeah, I'm I curious mean, about your take. Yeah, yeah. So I sort oh, of have two you. thoughts. One more specific on your question. One with something uh, Mark said that I really, really, really actually wanted to mention at some point. This is a good time. So for the first thing. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's uncontroversial to say that having some sort of newbie stream experience would be a good idea. Um, I think. I'm not sure how likely that is, given that I think the whole point of the BAM deal is to try and create a unique experience. And so with it being scaled down as much as it is, I'm not sure that we can expect something super different for ESPN+. Plus. I will say just anecdotally, you'd be surprised by how much people discover content on channels that they're used to. It's like, for example, for me, like, this is by no means data, right? This is just a quick anecdote. But like, one of the reasons why I got started getting into anime was because it was on Netflix. I don't do Crunchyroll. I'm not a hardcore anime person. Like, there are plenty of platforms where anime content exists, but I don't use those platforms. I use like more general stuff like Netflix. But once I started seeing anime content appearing on my Netflix, I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. Why not? Um, I'm not saying necessarily that someone... Ovi, like, Ovi watching anime on Netflix is equivalent to a 45-year-old man in South Texas. <laughs> uh, I was literally going to say it's the not The Venn exactly. diagrams match up perfectly, <laughs> but analogously. What I, it's but perfect. What I, listen, but what I will say is this, right? Which is that like I think traditionally it's been really... The overlap between players and viewers, I think in most people's minds, it's pretty close to one to one. But I will say that, like, you know, for I'll use traditional sports and also esports as an example. Traditional sports, basically, no one's playing touch football after middle school. 
even earlier than that. I'm not sure most people ever play that game, right? But that doesn't really affect viewership. People continue watching. That game is fun enough to watch, apparently, that even long after people have stopped playing it, and the same goes for basketball and soccer, people continue to watch the entertainment product, which I think is a model we haven't seen yet. But I also think like premium esports is pretty pretty young. And I think medium term, that's something that would not surprise me at all. The second thing about that is that I watch some esports that I cannot play. Like, for example, CSGO. I am not good at CSGO. I find it frustrating to play CSGO because a lot of the mechanics seem kind of old to me relative to like newer games like Fortnite, but that's neither here nor there. I'm certainly bad at CSGO, right? I think that's my number one problem, but I love watching it. I've watched, I watch a fair amount of CSGO content, even though you couldn't, even though it's very unlikely I would play it on any given weekday. Um, the viewership experience is so compelling that I'll watch it anyways. Again, that's not the same thing as a 45-year-old hockey fan switching over to League of Legends, but I think there's opportunities for people who, you know, because I, it's in a channel they wouldn't otherwise discover League, they're not watching Twitch, they're watching ESPN, I think they could stumble across it. Okay, so this might open up another can of worms. And yeah, and we don't have another, as much time like, for that. Yeah. What about Ovi's thing minutes. that he wanted to touch on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will say one other thing about Mark, which is that I actually think that, you know, People have been looking to Riot and Blizzard, I think. People have been looking to Riot for a very long time for sort of like premium esports, and I think Blizzard is in that conversation as well now, or that has sort of like taken a spot next to Riot in that conversation. Both of them have like very like traditional sports-inspired type leagues. It's like yes. leagues with teams. It's very structured. You have professional broadcasters. One of the things I like about Fortnite is that some of the content you're seeing, like for example, Ninja Vegas, it's interesting. I've heard a lot of people say that wasn't esports. I mean, look, it was, for those of you that aren't familiar, Ninja Vegas is basically Ninja, you know, top face of Twitch right now, Myth, and a couple other influencers going to Vegas, playing with a bunch of people in the audience of the esports arena in Vegas. And the event was kind of interesting because it, it was competitive. They gave money to people based on how well you did. But the focus was 100% on Ninja at all times. Like, they, it, the focus wasn't on the competitive event. I would say, like, for the LCS, the value proposition of the LCS is, hey, if you tune in, you get to see the highest level of esports play in the world or in, in your North America. In your region. <laughs> in the world. In, in your region. Fair enough. Um, so, and that's, you know, sort of, I think, Overwatch League's value proposition as well. Ninja Vegas was, that was not the value proposition. The value proposition was, hey, this is going to be super entertaining. You mentioned the Tyler Championship Series. I think it was, that was also a similar value proposition, although that was much a little bit more on Tyler's sort of amazing showman skills and less about the games but with ninja vegas right they just focused on ninja the whole time they were casting him you know there's like this crazy gunfight going off in the distance 10 people in a normal esports tournament that's where the camera would be but for this event the, the focus is on the biggest characters not on where the action is necessarily and it did crazy viewership the concurrent viewers were over 400k right that's several times that you can expect to see from a regular week of LCS or OWL. I'm not saying you should like change the LCS and OWL into like, you know, one person battle royale type situations. But my point is that I, Mark, I think there's opportunities for esports content that is not simply like a esports version of the NFL or NBA that could be really compelling. And sure, some of that success is attributable to being Ninja being amazing and Fortnite being a hot game. But I really do believe that we haven't seen the full potential of formats that are less sort of polished and a little more entertaining um, rather than being broad competitive. streams this is, flowers. This, I was having this conversation with Peter this this past week and that was exactly what I was talking to him about because we were talking about Fortnite yeah. and he was sort of disputing the idea that Fortnite or Battle Royals could ever be true esports and for me I was just saying you know like we we've spent so much time and I think for good reason and I think it's great created great products in the esports space 
looking at traditional sports as, as inspiration. Um, but, but maybe there are, especially as we get into, uh, games that are less easy to like five on five game. That is, uh, something that could totally exist in traditional sports, right? Like five on five basketball, whatever. Uh, a hundred people on an Island slowly, like diminishing themselves, every man for himself. There's no corollary for that. Uh, you, you, you know, there, there are like, you know, the sort of like the, the big brackets or whatever, but there's no like simultaneous. So, so I think as we look at games that are very entertaining to watch and are fun and captivating, um, and don't lend themselves to like a traditional sports corollary. Like there's a lot of room to like really innovate on what the experience is. Like who said that looking at uh, basketball, football, and baseball is the best way to figure out how to watch out, how, how to make the most entertaining video game watching experience. Well, see, and, and that's the argument, which I think is a little bit disingenuous from your side, which is that dare you. you're, you're giving, well, you no, want, not, I, not, let me give not, you some homework. No, 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 no. The more insult you throw at the more I'm on your side. But if it makes fun of Travis, I'm down. No, I was talking about, uh, what esports guy, uh, is that you made a comparison between esports and traditional sports. Now, the difference is, is how does esports make its money versus how does traditional sports make its money? Traditional sports makes its money by viewership, by people not necessarily playing the game. How does Riot make their money? They make more money by people playing the game than they do people watching it. So... Sorry, one quick question. That is a very interesting idea that you just brought up for which we could do an entire another episode of Hotline League. Let me just say this. When you say Riot, understand that you're referring to not just one monolithic company, right? Riot Esports, right? That team might have different priorities about the statement you just said relative to like the Riot uh, board, like the CEO or like Riot North America, the people who are in charge of playing the game and the teams whose success metrics are judged by how many people play League of Legends probably a little bit different from the team whose success metric is judged by how many people are watching League of Legends or how much they can demonstrate that people who watch play more or spend more money in game. So when you say like Riot feels this way, that is true at some level, but understand that like the priorities within the company are different. They're not all necessarily uh, just that, oh, well, we're making money overall, so it's fine to, you know, I've heard, I hear some people say this, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Riot Esports is totally a marketing ploy and it doesn't matter if they lose money as long as they can demonstrate that they're making a lot of, as long as they can you know get more people to spend rp in game i'm not sure first of all riot has never come out and said that they were that they view their esports program like that and you know without getting too much into it i think if you got you know maybe next time you get chopper on the show uh you can ask travis but i'm pretty sure he would give you a very different answer from that i think they want it to be sustainable they do want the revenue models to come. They don't have to be exactly like traditional sports, but I don't think they want it to be like, yep, esports is this huge money sink, but it results in people spending RP, so it's fine. I I don't think that's the way Riot Esports thinks about their product at all. Okay, yeah, I mean that's fair. It's like I said, this is going to be a can of worms that I opened up, and it would For be sure. a longer conversation. Um, but that's my ideology. I, I have multiple different ideas into why that's the case that it is and why ESPN plus should go in the direction that, you know, I think it should because of these reasons, but uh, that's, that's another topic that would take a long ass time. So. Sure. 
Hey, thank you so much, Izento, for calling in. You definitely uh, drove good conversation. Took some right, shots Joe. at Travis, too. Yeah, all right, let's get <laughs> out of here. Bye. Cheers. Uh, moving on, we got a couple of subs. I'll give a shout out to, uh, oh, just actually, just one. One special person. Uber Lawn Gnome, who resubbed and said, love the show, Omen by HP, cured my disease, thanks. We gave him a shout out earlier, but no, we got their name. Uh, we got uh, Supika Supika on the show. <laughs> Supika Supika. Name? I know. We got Emily on the show. <laughs> Emily, where are you calling from? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Is this Emily Rand? Yes. Well, we don't we oh, don't cool. give last names on the show. Oh, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. Uh, I feel like she's a public figure. I could could is be. That her, is that your real last name, Emily? I don't even know. I hope it's not. Yeah. Uh, she wrote sorry. something called the Fountainhead. If you've ever. <laughs> I prefer Atlas Shrugged. I've never heard this before. <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? Get the esports elite and pull them into a hidden valley. <laughs> what do you What do you want to talk about on the show? I'm having like high people making fun of me in high school flashbacks. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there was so I wanted to pick uh, Ovi's brain a bit on uh, riots. Uh, it kind of goes into what Izente was talking about actually in the previous call. Um, there was a article that came out uh, on Sports Business Daily that kind of covered a lot of the sponsorship uh, like problems and successes in, uh, it was primarily North American centric. Uh, China's like its whole different thing as you guys know. But um, is this eSports next big mission win over sponsors? Yeah, I just posted it in Twitch chat. Okay. Yeah, I was going to pull it up. It's a, it's a really good article. If anyone's interested in this episode, ben, it's a good shout out to Ben Fisher. Ben Fisher. Ben, he doesn't. Do he I doesn't watch this show. He does not. <laughs> but anyway, it's a good article. It was really interesting. I think it touched on a lot of things. Um, and one of the things that I I wanted to bring up, I guess, is that the LCS audience and how durable it is. Um, they also t uh, mentioned that the sales team might be understaffed, but also that it doesn't generate as much uh, sponsorship revenue, but the game itself generates a lot more that they say 1.6 billion annually in in-game purchases and has a luxury of being cheesy with brands. Now, I guess my disconnect with that and what I want to understand a bit better is if I'm a franchise owner, right? And I, I see that this Famtech deal went through. So maybe I was counting on some of that money being shared among my team, or I was counting on them picking up some big sponsors of which only State Farm has happened so far. I'm not seeing that same revenue from the game itself, right? I guess I wanted to see it, how much... Alvi knows about like how how much uh, in-game stuff, if at all, it helps out like franchise owners or where franchise owners are looking to get that money. Because right now the LCS in North America doesn't have a lot of large. So the money. idea is how how will franchise owners recoup? How will they make this a profitable venture? Given that we don't have sponsorships and there's not really any in-game, in there's very limited in-game monetization. Well, also to that point, like. Is that, I mean, sorry, really quickly, is that your question, Emily? Yeah, because, okay. like, I see over, so, for example, over in China, like, they have brands everywhere. Like, Doritos sponsors these, like, cut-ins. There's another energy drink that sponsors, like, players ragging on each other while they commentate their own games. 
there's the Mercedes-Benz man of the match, and the teams came out in Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, I remember Jeep was, was like, on, they had an AR Jeep on the stage at MSI, I think, in 2016. Yeah, yeah, they had Jeep last year. Mark, uh, what were you going to say? Yeah. Sorry, oh, I was going to say, to Emily's point, it's not just like, because even if Riot did have that stance that Obi was saying, they probably don't have, like, oh, well, this is fine for us. We still, it just like keeps people around to watch the game and all that stuff and play the game. Like, Emily was just saying the franchises don't feel that way. The players probably don't feel that way. Um, yeah. I don't think it's like Rick, Rick Fox and uh, Hooney. No, we don't have to. We just get people playing the game. You guys don't yeah, have to worry right, about this. Right. You're going to pay us. You, you increase the base salary to a whopping 75000 now from 25000 after years. You yeah. know, like, I don't think they're satisfied if it's like, well, at least the major company is raking in 1.6 billion yeah, by the way is it a bad idea for me to ban ovly from my twitch chat because now the entire twitch chat's just talking about anime so i can you you can suspend hold on let me see my options i can no wait oh wait here it is timeout user yeah I t- how long did i time her out for well it's, did it do it's anything? well it's in twitch chat and i think she's a mod so she can't uh go ahead ovi how how are how is Riot going? Why are these teams in LCS if they can't make any money? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, Emily, I've been a big fan of your writing since back in the day. So, uh, yeah, very cool to meet you. Um, as far as your question, yeah, so look, I think those are really excellent, really tough questions. Uh, I think <laughs> I think there are probably some team owners that have had those conversations with their counterparts at Riot. I think um, I will say, like, going into this, if you're a team owner, um, you know, I think Riot's traditionally been very judicious. Some would say judicious. Others would say slow slash not on the ball on selling sponsorships. Um, Whichever way you want to look at it, I don't think there's a ton of revenue or a ton of sponsorships coming into NALCS. So I don't know that anyone's really, you know, gobsmacked that it's been slow going so far. I definitely, I'm sure that they were hoping for faster momentum. I'm sure Riot's doing what they can. If you, I think I was looking up the Riot career page not too long ago and they had like a number of job offers, job openings open. I also know that they're working with a third party agency to try and pursue sponsorship sales. So I think they're definitely doing what they can. I don't know that. Uh, I, I think it's interesting to look at Overwatch League as a counterexample and say, like, hey, you know, like you're looking at a lot of interesting non-endemic folks who are coming in for, you know, pretty sizable dollar amounts. And maybe those are sort of tests, but you know, for League of Legends, which is you know the most consistent, most staid esports league, why can't they do at least that well, if not better? Um, that's an answer only Riot can give you, to be totally honest. Um, I'm not totally sure why that is. I think I'm sure the owners are asking Riot the same question. I don't know that owners are necessarily in like a catastrophic state because of that. I think, you know, for those esports teams that are still able to leverage the impressions that they get and sort of like the brand, um, the brand amplification that they get from being on that LCS broadcast, it's probably still worth it. But uh, you'd, it'd probably be a better question to ask a team owner. I mean, I've talked to a number of team owners. Uh, who initially were interested in getting into the LCS, some of which got in. And that was actually a question I had, which is like, hey, you know, monetization has traditionally been a little slow, not just for League, by the way, but I think across the board. I don't know that anyone, Overwatch League, right, for a $20 million franchise fee, you're not making your money back in year one, obviously. And so I think an answer I've heard from a number of different teams is basically that we want to use this, like, esport. we want to use our, our 
position in a franchise esports league to have something super stable that can't disappear in a year because of you know being relegated from a league or because a star player decides to leave us and that sort of helps us you know raise more money get more awareness get more uh get more buy-in from brands and so i think those benefits are a little bit harder to track but i think for some teams at least the stability of being a franchise league still has a bunch of benefit even if the revenue levers haven't been working yet uh, for the way that I think they were probably expected to, but you raise a good point. I don't want to sugarcoat it. Uh, revenue has been slow going so far. The team owners got fucked. That's what Obi's saying. I mean, that's not what I'm no, saying. No, no, that's not what he's saying. I'm just kidding. That's, um, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I just, whenever somebody does such a good descriptive job of answering something, I love summing it up in something that's completely wrong. It's a big Ponzi scheme, all right? And Riot's got to, <laughs> no, no, to no. disappear off the map. Overwatch, gonna, Overwatch, League is gonna... the, Overwatch League is the Ponzi scheme because you buy in at $20 million, you make it look great, and then you get a cut of the $35 million that they charge the next teams. And those guys get in. Then they make it. They're like, "Oh, everything's great." You get. They help get in some people at fifty million, and then those people split. Recruit all the brands underneath you. Like that's your downline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make a? <laughs> What's that guy? Is that make him a Bernie Madoff? Uh... <laughs> yeah, Nate, Nate, Nate Nancy. No, not, not Nate Nancy. Uh, Bobby. Bobby Kodak. Bobby Kodak yeah. is Bernie yeah. Madoff. Yeah, he's Bernie Madoff of the situation. Uh, Ovi, remember you were on the show. All right, you. <laughs> I am going to be on this clip. Someone's going to clip this and just tweet it. So. I don't know anything about these oh people I'm talking about. Just kidding. We're just kidding. We're just kidding. This is a joke. All right. Just a meme. We're just Emily memeing. Emily so quiet. Emily's like, I don't even want my voice. It's just, it's just a meme. All right. Travis, what are you trying to do? It's just a meme. Um, uh, Emily. I got nothing for you. I actually don't have, like, you ask a question that I think everyone should be asking right now, which is just, like, how are these teams going to make, make back their money? Um, Riot isn't doing a good job of, of monetizing. I think if I'm a team owner right now, I'm pushing Riot very heavily on this, and I'm saying, like, look, if you're not going to figure this out, like, it's hard. Think about the amount of money we've heard these team owners are paying to their players. Like, not only is it the $10 million that they paid to get into this league, it is the amount of money that they have to keep paying every year and uh is that money going to go down if they feel like they're not ever going to make it back right if they're i mean i personal separate conversation i think pro players are a little overpaid right now anyway but i think we, we unless riot starts solving this revenue thing we will start i think to see these teams shifting some of their investment and money that they're spending on league in other games and in other areas and i think that that would be oh that'd be really bad so i think it would be good if if riot can figure this out Actually, two quick things on that. So one, I think it's also probably fair to say that like credit to Riot when they were out in the market, right? Uh, or actually, it's almost it's almost incorrect to say they're out in the market when they opened up the application process and got swamped with you know basically every professional sports teams and dozens upon dozens of VCs, family offices, former esports owners, pros, you name it. Um, they didn't. I think Riot was pretty humble in how they presented the pitch for the NLCS. I, you know, not to take a shot at Overwatch League, but like to kind of call out Morgan Stanley a little bit. Some of the research and modeling that they did on how people were going to make their money back on Overwatch League was <laughs> sus. Let's put it that way. Um, and I you, think for that, those that don't know, uh, Obi's referencing a a report that said that Overwatch League would make a hundred million in the first year. I think. Uh, I can't recall that exact stat, but there were definitely some numbers about like filling up live venues and ticket sales being a extra, you know 
immediate revenue driver that I think are optimistic. Uh, some would say misleading. I, look, I don't have a strong opinion about it. What I will say is that it's definitely not what I would call humble. Let's just put it that way. And so I think, you know, Riot's pitch coming out, I think they didn't sort of come out and say, hey, we're going to send, you know, make all these crazy sponsorship deals and we're going to do this and that. I think it was sort of like, hey, this is the LCS. This is sort of speaks for itself. You're applying to get into our league. We will, you know, explain our vision to you and you can decide whether you want it or not. I'm not saying that that means that they have no obligation to figure this out. I guess I'm just saying that I don't, I hope no one feels like baited and switched because I don't know that there's all that much bait laid out in that in terms of like sponsor monetization. Um, and I had a second thought, but I don't remember what it is. So Mark, do you want to? I don't have much to chime in there. I just went to go check uh, Coinbase because everyone was talking about how Overwatch League is Bitcoin. Oh. Um, I heard crypto uh, hit another giant stumble. It's going up and down. Emily, it's going up and down. Emily, it's going up and then down and then up and then down. Emily, are you still here? Can you not hear me? Yeah. Can oh, you please you provide us with Emily's anime pick of the week? Oh. God. Uh, I should have thought about this before I came on. Lionsgate um, Zero, which is good, but again, I can't recommend it unless you've seen the first one. Which one? It will make absolutely no Steins sense. Steinsgate Zero. Steins yeah. Zero. Okay. I tried to watch Steinsgate and like the time. Well, I think it's pretty apparent there's time travel. So I don't think it's a spoiler, but I gave up after an episode and a half. It was too it's, cool It's for really me. weird where like you have to get through really obnoxious like meme culture shit for the first eight episodes so that then they, they can start pulling off all the time shenanigans and it's okay eight episodes is i think it's around eight pretty high entry cost weird it's like it's like it's a, the first arc of a movie basically okay. yeah because the first part's really slow and like i don't blame people for frame because it is it's a slow it's a slow starter yeah, it's 26 for the first season, or like first uh, show, right? Or is it shorter than that? I think it's, yeah, it's two core. So it's like 26-ish, yeah. 25, 26. Emily, thank yeah. you so much for coming on the show. Oh, you cut out, but I, it sounds like you said thank you. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah, have a good one. I think, she's, I think she said something more like, fuck you, Travis. And then mm. we just heard the yes at the end. Thanks, Mark. That's what mm -hmm. I needed today. Uh, all right. Boba Cola gifted a sub to Avali May. Congratulations to Avali May. What a baller. Uh, yeah, Boba Cola has gifted like 60. Him and um, Real Foxy have, have compete. They've gifted somewhere between 50 and 60 subs to my channel each. Do you know Boba Cola in real life? Uh, no, but he runs a wonderful McDonald's franchise in Hawaii. Oh, cool. Owns and operates. Uh, Jadek has resubbed for five months. HP by Omen sponsors Ovley's SOTL Anime Time. It's Omen true. by HP, first off. Uh, secondly, we have on the show. All right. You got to help me out with this one. It's Kazakurt. Kaz I got it first try. Kazakurt. I was a little harder on the Q. Yeah, I had a Kwa instead of a Kazakurt. What? Kazakurt. Jesus. Sounds dirty. Can we. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna call you Cause. Cause. Yeah, Cause. What? Where are you calling from? I'm coming from Troy, Illinois, out of St. Louis. Okay. I don't know where that is, but it's yeah, somewhere. It's, in the... it's, just, it's like 30 minutes east of St. Louis. So. Yeah, Midwest. I don't. I don't really know where that is either. It's somewhere in the middle of the country, I think. <laughs> right. I just kind of group yeah. all those: Chicago, St. Louis, 
Um, the flyover states, Travis. Over oh, you're from one of those, yeah, right? Nobody cares about the Midwest ever. Yeah, certainly, uh, I went to, certainly I went to not right. <laughs> I love, I love <laughs> Cause, what? Sir? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I, I want to talk about the uh, clash and like the failure of it, and how I didn't think it was that much of a big deal, unlike the popular consensus seemed like from reddit and especially the boards the clash crash of 2018 yes uh mm -hmm. so for as we ask you know as we're getting to this were you planning on playing clash yes well okay. i had a team of five already okay who were the five let us know uh just my friends and from school and stuff no did yeah, they, I, have, I guess... they have cool names or something like i want it to be like an ocean's 11 type what the fuck breakdown right now this is not what is happening? That doesn't even make sense. Like, what? The, all five of them are going to show up on the show? You know what, Cause? Like, if you don't have a good answer for this, let's move on. Uh, okay, so you had your me, people. Let me ask this. Uh, how, how much do you play League right now? Like, what kind of player are you, would you say? Uh, I just got off of school, so I'm starting to... I didn't play very much at the end of school because of finals and whatnot, but I just got into playing ranked a ton, so I've just been spamming out ranked games trying to get... To gold on flex and solo queue. So, so you're you're a relatively active player then. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to get. So some give content. give your spiel. Okay, so uh, everyone on the board and stuff, uh, they got very mad. It seemed like that riot messed up the clash, but I honestly expected it, and I feel that everyone <laughs> else should have expected it too. Oh, okay, like, okay. This change this change from like I don't think it was that big of a deal to my expectations were low and riot met them. Uh, okay, continue. Sorry, keep going. Keep going. So, like, yeah, so, um, from Riot's track record on these type of things, like, it's always been not very good, and, like, I played Clash during the beta, and, like, my team in the beta had, like, we we got into queue, but there was, like, a massive, like, failure to, like, put us in, like, an actual game, so we just sat there for, like, an hour talking to, like, Riot support, and we ended, we ended up not being able to play, so, like, my expectations for Clash were based on that, and, like, I don't know if people just, like, are oblivious to Riot at this point, but, like, the small indie company meme is just in full force at this point. I'm, like, I, I don't know that... where to take this call. Um... Well, so I think I think it's interesting that you had troubles because the only things I saw about Clash through, like, the beta stuff was, like, this was sick, like, success cases, and people were, like, talking about that stuff. I didn't know that there were issues with the beta, to be honest. Like that Somebody was that saying problem. that games weren't starting and uh, and then they were automatically giving people a defeat um, uh, in before. Oh, I might have seen those ones. Especially yeah. the first day. Like, we, we had a lot of issues. And in, in the Discord for the Clash beta, there was a lot of people having issues. And even the second day, where it was a bit better, there was still a lot of problems with it. And... I, I overall i feel that a lot of the people on the boards at reddit and whatnot just like like i feel like they expected a lot more than they should have with the clash and and so, that and let's you, you literally feel that way because you just feel like riot over promises and under delivers like a lot of the time with their in-game content yes okay what's what are other examples of that just out of curiosity like not that i want you to just keep shitting on them but i i honestly feel like they have a generally pretty good track record so it's interesting to hear this take from you yeah, generally, but like just like compared to other events from other games, I feel that sometimes Riot underdelivers. Just I can't think of anything specific right now, but I feel like there's definitely been cases in the past where certain well, things have not gone as planned. I think a, a massive one has to be the client, right? The the new client was just uh, when it started, 
shit. Yes. And like there was no feature parity and like you just couldn't do any of the things that you could do on the older client. Like if yeah, am I misremembering that? Like I remember no, there were like huge problems. Well, I think they by the client. time they officially released it cuz I know that you could switch to it as as a beta thing, but I thought well, like, that even now feature parity isn't even there as far as I'm aware. Really? I thought so, but like I know for like after launch, everyone was just like, "We're like, where the fuck is the feature? Like, I I can't do certain things. Like, you couldn't buy skins that you for like a champion that you were about to play the way you could before. Like, I know that one was one. Like, you couldn't find chat rooms. Like, chat rooms were just dead on the new client for a little while, if I remember correctly. Like, I remember that I remember the client having a lot of problems. I think you're remembering correctly because I also remember the client being very. Not like not having many of the features that they said that they were going to work on, like when because of the new clients. And even now, I feel like there's some things that they still haven't implemented that I feel that are very important, such as in-game voice chat and ranked, especially is one of the major things that comes to mind. Especially considering every other esports title has it in their game and has had it for years. Yeah, I think so. One of the interesting things, so I, you know, everybody knows Kelby, who's on the show very frequently, and he's a very big uh, Dota player now. Used to play a lot more League, though. He's still very interested in League as an esport, and that's why, that's why he's on the show. But it's really interesting to compare Riot versus Valve in this way, um, because I think Riot kicks ass at so many things, right? Like the amount of awesome uh, marketing content that they put out for uh, new champions and uh, different, you know, like the videos that they release, the different community content they create, um, the way they engage with the community oftentimes is so transparent and open. Their their player support stuff is great. Engineering consistently seems to have been a weakness for them as a company um, because they, I just feel like, uh, like the amount of, if you, if you look at valve, they suck at so many of those areas where riot is really good. And yet they, they create amazing feature releases and amazing stuff in their, their game and their client. Um, and it kind of, almost kind of goes back, not, not to make the whole episode about it, but kind of to the BAM tech thing, right? Where we were, we were told we were going to get this awesome new tech implemented, um, uh, for spectators and viewers. And then that doesn't end up happening. So I don't know. It so, is kind of interesting that maybe they they fail a little bit on the engineering side. To steal Ovi's take, you know, Riot's a big company, and I'm sure some projects succeed more. Like some teams are better about it than others. Because like I feel like the the tech team at Riot. I don't know if this is the right term, but like the ones who like helped change like internet backbone and like fix yeah yeah the across like network operations sound, yeah yeah those guys sound like they just like fucking cured cancer level of like problem solving when like i read their posts i'm just like what the hell are you guys magicians so i don't think it's fair to say like riot as a whole has that's probably fair that's fair yeah yeah i just i just wish that it's also tough because within a company like no oh, you're no echoing team. Or, oh, oh can you mute yourself on this on skype Oh, sorry. Somehow you uh, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Just one, one add a add-on thought to Marks, right? Is that no company that's functional is ever gonna like call out individual teams? Like that's a really shitty thing to do, right? We're like, yeah. hey guys, like the the back end team nailed it on Clash, but like the front end team really fucked it up, and that like no one's gonna do that. And so like they'll always like Riot, you know, like any Clash company is like gonna take it as a company and not like identify individual people but yeah like of course there's <laughs> well, different teams yeah, like, a lot of moving pieces where riot games uh where it went clash where it went wrong well we put it all on lewis, lewis uh lewis yeah, uh lewis, lewis he's been with us for three years and he's had some good successes here and here and here but his yeah. code was not up to stuff <laughs> 
Lewis, fuck this one up no. for you guys. We can't give people a practice tool because people will insult the players. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I can say very firmly that that was not a unanimous opinion within Riot. There were some very strong opinions the other way. I have, uh, I have heard about yeah. the, the, the fallout from that messaging. Yeah. It was an uh, epic a thing of epic I mean, proportions. I don't know. Like, People are allowed to. I mean, people are allowed to have opinions, right? And I think it's important to not like. I think it's important to try and create. There's like a principle in game design that like you want to create experiences that are not neutral. Like oftentimes things that are really, oftentimes experiences that one group of people really like, another group really hate, and that's okay as long as you've got the balance right. But you know, I obviously disagree with the balance on that particular question. But yeah. they got it right in the end. So. Yeah. And I, um, building on like the previous thoughts about like them being like wizards of coding and stuff there was an issue a couple i don't know how long ago it was but i remember there was something about them disabling like ranked for like a week because of some recall bug and they published a very in-depth post on like what the issue was and what they did to solve it and i hope there's something like that for the clash issues going more in depth because i thought that was very interesting like yeah like on their like fixing the spaghetti code or whatever that they have i think a lot of the problems might also be like their underlying spaghetti code from like the years like maybe bad practices in the beginning of the game compared to like how much time other companies have had to like like refine their code and with new iterations like csgo or dota 2 or whatnot have be building on like cs source or dota 1 yeah in 2022 when they come out with their second game i'm very excited to see uh if whoa leaks <laughs> well, didn't you no didn't you see there's a, a well that's that's when the alpha uh, is it doesn't actually the, come out of beta no, the, until 2024 some, some guy gave a, a nicolo the, the ceo yeah. um which people have been it's kind of interesting at msi they kind of tout they nicolo who's been at right for a long time uh took over ceo duties and they never really they referenced that he was going to be president in like that one post at the end of last year but they Anyway, he did a bunch of interviews with French people no at MSI cares. because he's French. And uh, he he said that, yeah, that they were working on multiple games. But they've been working on multiple games for years, and I think they've canceled multiple games for years. OV will uh, not have any physical or mental reaction to this. But um, I don't know. I, <laughs> they've been saying that they've been working on multiple games for years, so I, that statement was kind of irrelevant to me. Uh, hopping back to the actual by Cass here uh i think so you're someone who sounds like you're pretty invested in league of legends already anyways uh and i can't say for certain but i imagine that for people who were kind of teetering on their like involvement with league of legends like how seriously they wanted to play it and they saw clash as a, this cool new game mode to maybe get them back into the game having that flop was probably pretty disastrous from riot's perspective i think um I mean, the amount of money they spent marketing the thing. Like, they probably hyped yeah. it up more than any other feature in, what, years? Yeah, probably. I mean, like, they haven't released that many new features in yeah. years, right? Like, rotating game mode, maybe? <laughs> like, they haven't launched a new mode in forever. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Like, I saw, I think I saw a comment on Reddit or whatever that said that, that the, the dude got, like, his four friends back in the league to try to play the game mode or whatever. And, like, I, I feel that, yeah, like, like Ranked Flex, like, you could just play that. Like, my friends and I, we just played Ranked Flex afterwards and just sort of messed around on that. But, like, I don't know. It's it's not the same. Like, Ranked Flex yeah. is this, like, I don't think cesspool is the right word, but it's just, it, like. It's the right <laughs> word. I, yeah. I've been playing Ranked Flex recently. It's the right word. 
Okay, great. It's just not a great experience. And I think like having a more structured feel closer to the LCS for some fans would have been a really cool uh, thing to do. And then the fact that it just flopped and like some fans like you probably aren't are kind of taking it on the chin like, yeah, it's right. You know, what do you expect? But for some people, it might have been like, this is going to be the mode. Like, I'm so excited. I'm canceling plans for the weekend. Because a lot of people did that, you know, Memorial Day weekend. This is going to be sick. I had a lot and of then, plans. I always have a lot of plans. I actually was the one who unplugged the crash the clash servers because I was camping. <laughs> so really all this should be directed at me. I just didn't gotcha. have a team ready to go. And, and by the way, we should say, as as fun as it is, you know, it's easy to poke fun at them for this. Yeah, uh, who but, knows what went wrong? But, yeah. but I guarantee it's killing killing and did kill the team responsible like they must feel crushed yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and that's I what i was gonna imagine. say is that at riot yeah. they've got to be feeling really really bad about this stuff right like lots of conversations where where it went wrong how bad it is how apologetic like it's you they've probably been working on this for a long time so i look i don't think it's something where they, they hand this project off to an intern and when it doesn't work they just shrug i i i'm sure they feel apologetic about it but i think it's also fair for fans to feel frustrated about it so um, and it sounds like you aren't even frustrated because you, <laughs> you, yeah. you have a, an interesting Brutal. take on, on Riot Games. Brutal. Cause, uh, thank you so much for calling in. I hope, honestly, feel free to call in in the future. Cause you were, I liked your take. It's just sort of like, I'm just, I'm not disappointed because I expect nothing. Oh, <laughs> slightly right. depressed. You. Yeah. Thank you so much. Tra- Travis's favorite personality type, yeah. just slightly yeah. disappointed. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, I tra- that's. Well, that's, to be that's honest, that's how most of my old... friends feel about me. So that's what I was going to say. That's why you have the old sales, like the old uh, captain look, the sea captain whose boat sank on this last ship or last mission. Mark, have you seen BoJack Horseman? No, someone else's uh, Frost was talking about that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard. Uh, it is fantastic. I really like it. When I, f- I think the first season's not as good. Uh, so maybe you know, I don't know. I stupid, think the first season's but... great, but yeah, it's funny you say that because. You, when I saw season one of that show, you reminded me so much of season one Bojack. After season one, a lot less so, but season one Bojack, man. Me uh, or Mark? Oof. Oh, you, you. Oh yeah, yeah. I very relate to season one Bojack. I, I'm famous and uh, just struggle with that, you know. Um, we may have watched different. Last, last caller. Yes. Uh, by the way, thank you to Real Foxy One for gifting us up to Foxyville. And Elo Bulbasaur, who reset for two months and says thanks for the two months of entertainment. We'll be getting the next caller here in just a moment. You are watching Hotline League. Galvatrix93. I'm going to call you Galp. Is that okay? That is perfectly fine. Galp, were you born in 1993? I was. Well, I what street did you grow up on? Okay, what is your uh, mother's maiden name? That's <laughs> uh, Galp, where are you calling from? Well, I am calling from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Where in Pennsylvania? Bradford. I don't know where that is. Obi, do you know where that is? My family's in Ephrata. It's pretty much in New York. It's like if you go three hours directly north of Pittsburgh, almost the New York border. I forget how long that state is. That is amazing. Pennsylvania borders so many things that you don't realize. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Mm. and for, for what I do, I drive around all the northeast, so like... I Are you comfortable telling us what you do? No, uh, actually, I guess I could. I guess you yeah. don't have I mean, to. Course, I was just curious. You, you say you drive around a lot. You're a drug dealer. No, no, Damn I work it. in the oil. I work in the oil field. Oh wow, cool. I didn't know there were oil fields in Pennsylvania. Today I learned. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, it's all natural gas, really. So I guess you. Oh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, hey, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, So I guess really jump into pre-split stuff with with Team Liquid. I kind of want to talk about how I think they're totally going to win all of uh, summer, just like they did spring. So, and then disappoint at Worlds, just like they did at MSI? No, and actually, that was where I was going to st- um, was with, I don't think the disappointment was as bad as a lot of people talk. And I know there's been, you know, back and forth on what, was it as bad, was it as bad, that kind of stuff. But I think one of NA's biggest problems, uh, traditionally, has been mental fortitude. Like, a lot of times you see them come in and they they kill it or do decently in the first set of games and then just fall apart towards the end. You're saying um, NA or, or team liquid? NA. Okay. So, so sorry, yeah. what's your take? So your take is team liquid's going to kill it in summer yeah. and then they won't, they won't have the mental fortitude to, to do much in worlds. No, no, they will. That's oh, they will. Is that, is that they had a much better. Yeah. Sure. Sure. They fell apart in the beginning, but they basically came back i mean sure yeah they still didn't so this is it's an interesting take it's an interesting take because uh i don't think team liquid is going to do better well here here. first off your your take is interesting because they they showed a a terrible amount of mental fortitude um with ole subbing himself out like that is i agree bottom of the barrel mental fortitude like what is the opposite of fortitude so i I agree Mental frailty with that being on one player. Right. But the fact that the team then brings him, brings him back in and turns it around, almost completes the turnaround and really pulls out a lot of solid games to watch um, shows a lot to me. My concern is I and I, uh, Mark and Ovi, I think, will have maybe more interesting takes than this mine. This one time I went to Shake Shack. So I, I had Shake Shack right before Hotline League <laughs> no, today, and it reminded on, me of a time no. at the start of the split. No, no, uh, no, no legitimately, I wasn't going to say the Shake Shack story, but people people really should have referenced me more whenever Oli set himself out. Um, I think that Team Liquid was benefited a lot from the fact that a lot of other teams like TSM uh, were struggling to get their feet underneath them in the beginning of the split. Uh, and and Echo Fox as well, not the beginning of the split, over the course of the split. And, and Echo Fox and others that were kind of these brand new lineups as opposed to Team Liquid, which had a lot of veterans who had played together. Um, so I think that allowed them to sort of float above the rest of the teams who obviously had talent and showed it very frequently, um, but then sort of couldn't, couldn't throw it together at the very end. Um, and so I, I worry that team liquid for, for them, I worry that they will not be able to have the same benefit this summer as I think team TSM will be coming in a little bit more solidified and uh, echo Flex might've worked behind the scenes to solve some of their issues and, and rally around the strong talent that they have. Cloud nine. It's a good meta for them. Yeah. Cloud nine who had such a great, uh, you know, split will, will perhaps shore up the things that, that caused them to lose at the very end. So I, I'm not confident that team liquid is going to have as, as um, straight of a road to worlds as they did for MSI. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not confident that they will have solved their problems unless, uh, 
I don't know. Ole, they need to figure out this Ole thing. And I don't so, know how they figure it out. So I want to chime in and say, like, I agree with what some of the people in chat are saying. We're like, uh, you know, they I think that TL is the closest to their ceiling or something. There's minimal room for improvement, but it, uh, in terms of, like, skill or something like that. But I think that this team was playing in a uh, tiebreaker match to get out of groups, you know? So, like, they were close to good enough. And I think you can point to some of that those mental problems uh, in the first day or two days that they had that held them back or what have you. But I think that the team, if like Travis is saying, maybe the, the rest of the league can catch up to them. Even if that doesn't happen and TL just stays at that level and they go in there and the meta is still decent for them and they just have these mental problems handled now because they've been to an international tournament together, I could see them getting out of groups. So like I, I'm... I'm not quite on the callers camp where it's like, yep, hundred percent they're winning summer, but I also don't think that they're going to be a team that regresses a lot. And I think that they actually had all things considered an okay showing at the event. I defer to Mark on end game, but I will say like, it seems to me that usually trend wise, usually spring split is a lot more about gelling and teams often get significantly better in the summer split, especially with this off season where you had like most of the teams explode rosters and reshuffle. So I don't know, like I, you know, I'm not predicting CLG to win the split, but I feel like they looked a lot better at the end of the split when they had like settled in on bio as a shot caller and sort of figured out some of their wrinkles. I'm curious to see if you'll see teams that didn't necessarily have the raw talent of team liquid, but have a lot more room to grow in terms of synergy might, uh, you know, look a lot better in the summer. I'd be surprised if the standings didn't look a little different than they did in the spring. So if I, if I chime back in yeah. uh, to, to kind of uh, first with what Travis was saying, um, I, I do somewhat disagree. I think they rode the uh, that that train for like the first two weeks in the spring split, and then they kind of you know fell to middle top middle of the pack. Um, and it wasn't really until the playoffs where we saw their you know their prowess in series play. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty impressive to see them kind of just run through. Um, and, and then on what Mark was saying, uh, I, I like, like you said, they, they had a decent showing at MSI. And the, the thing that I kind of think of is, all right, so we assume if they go to Worlds, this thing with Ole isn't going to happen a second time, right? You assume that they've nipped this in the bud, that he has, you know, he's not going to break down again. Now, obviously it could happen, but we're just going to go off the assumption that it happened once it shouldn't happen again. Um, and even if they took one win in those first two days, instead they get out of groups in MSI, right? Like that, that's all they really needed. So y y you, you think obviously worlds is a different stage. Um, but it, it, it seems to me like if they, they solve those, like Mark said, like you can see them getting out of groups. I mean, of course, Curse of NA and all that stuff. But Yeah, and, and also, to be fair, like, TL is not the only team going to that event with problems in some way. Like, Fnatic had a swapping top laner, and obviously yeah. Soaz wasn't very happy. RNG showed up a day before the tournament and nearly passed out. Like, I don't think Kingzone uh, performed at their highest level. So I, I'm, not, I'm not just saying, like, TL wins one more game, they make it out. I'm just saying, like, you know, they, they, they beat some good teams while they were there. And if they go into similar form at another international competition, they, they have a chance to get out then too. Yeah. And then also like kind of just what I was starting with, with the mental fortitude, the reason why I was, I don't know if, and maybe, maybe 
the better, maybe it's that they have a better outlook and not really mental fortitude was the right word, but um, the way TSM lost, and even with Doublelift on the team, full disclosure, I am a huge Doublelift fan, uh, but that, that besides the point, watching TSM, and I was a fan of theirs as well, um, the way they handled losses is very different from the way Team Liquid is handling their losses. And some might say that TSM, the way they handle it is better because it makes them, I don't know, if, you, if you're hard on yourselves, you, know, you become a better team, but that can also become self-destructive. Team, team Liquid's outlook is, I think it will give them an advantage in the end, is that they're, they're not, you know, I, I think I remember the camera panning after they lost um, Fnatic being, like, getting knocked out of MSI, and Doublelift had kind of like a, well, we tried, smile on his face is what it seemed like, you know? And that's like a very different look than, than look like a year ago at a, like a, you know, international event, something like that when TSM lost, right? Like that's not, you, you don't see that same kind of reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say like putting less pressure on yourselves is, is good in some situations where you don't feel like the whole world is watching you, but that, that was how they felt at the beginning of that tournament. And then it's the same, it sounds like a similar thing that happened to Fnatic at the end of week two at Worlds 2017, where it's like, well, we fucked up so bad, we're probably out. And then like, that's kind of where they were playing from. And that's probably why they had that relief smile a little bit it was more like, we already fucked up so bad. Like, you know, this is actually yeah. good in context. Right. Whereas I, I don't think you, you kind of want to have to get there. Whereas like, I think TSM, Put a lot of pressure on themselves and they they never like horribly fucked themselves week one and so they, they probably had that pressure on them the whole time whereas like the reason ole fell apart was because he felt that pressure and the team felt that pressure were the sole representatives of na or whatever you know so i would still be concerned going into worlds i'm not i'm not convinced that pressure is gone it's just because that that kind of felt to me like a, a bit of a fuck it like we're probably out like a mentality that the team might have hit right right obviously it's outside looking in and yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I'm being very optimistic. You're right. We, NA could just go and freaking fail in worlds as, as usual. But I, I'd like I'd like to see the uh, I, don't, I don't know a good saying for but the, yeah. The, the we, I think we'd all like to see a good showing from them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm down for TL to go again. I didn't I didn't walk away from MSI like get this team away from the international <laughs> competitions for North America. Galb, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one. You too. Well, that is Hotline League. Uh, we're going to go around. Mark, do you have any shout-outs, plugs, anything you want to say here at the end? Uh, no. Yes. Uh, things are finally moving on the Mark doing things front. <gasps> Mark is finally going to do something? Yeah, I can't reveal what Mark. any of these things are. Oh, is it something I know about? Things. This is an announcement of an announcement. Is it something I know about? Uh, no. I haven't talked to you about either of these things. Any three of these things, really, but one one's not very interesting. <laughs> I can't wait for you to announce that one. Hey, <laughs> that I'm one doing this will, uh, kind of. People unknown. will be left to guess on what that one was. Yeah. Uh, oh. Okay. Well, we should uh, we should catch up, and then you should tell me. When yeah, I'm down broadcast. to get lunch tomorrow. If you want to buy me some R and D kitchen. I don't live near R and D kitchen anymore, and uh, oh no, that's right, dude. Oh, I'm gonna go shit. do a meeting with Omen, but we can. Um, we can go to Century City Mall. 
Uh, it's a mall that has everything. You don't want to visit. You don't want to visit Santa Monica again, dude. I just left there. It's not the blame game. Uh, I know, but like, aren't you a little homesick? Wouldn't you love to go around your old stomping grounds again? I moved on Thursday. Days? No. Uh, there <laughs> is a chance come- that I go visit uh, Ovi and his uh, office later this this week. Um, and if that's the case, maybe I'll hit you up. It'd probably be all on right, Wednesday well, or Friday. You should join us. Yeah, that sounds good. We can all go together, and then you can tell Ovi the secret. Yeah, it's not the secret. Like, or we can at least get R and D. I just can't announce it yet. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. We can all get R and D. Travis can foot the bill. What? I love it. I love all of this. I just moved, and I lost thousands of dollars covering fucking MSI. Oh, um, I just went camping, and I lost thousands of dollars gambling. You know, anyone can play this game. Are these sorry? <laughs> Are these similar? Did you really lose thousands of dollars gambling? No. no. Oh, so then you can't play this game. What is happening right now? Ovi, do you have any shout-outs, any plugs, anything you want to say here? Uh, what about the meta? Uh, I think we're all good. The meta uh, report? Meta report is like a thing that Catalyst, the company I work for, uh, does like write-ups about recent things happening in esports every week. It's pretty cool. Travis currently retweets it sometimes. Um, I really like it because we try uh, a lot of brands subscribe to it, so it's kind of an interesting place to get a sense of how people who know esports talk about esports to people that don't know esports. If that made any sense, so I mean, yeah, what well, the the thing that I like about it is that I you know we're all kind of in this League of Legends bubble. If you are interested in knowing about some exciting thing that happened on Fortnite or something that got announced in Overwatch or whatever, if you if you like this episode and you find esports business to be interesting and this side of the industry to be interesting, uh, that that newsletter I think is is one of the, the good places to look, as well as um, Esports Observer, who I've really enjoyed. Hey, Volva Cola just sent fifty dollars. Uh, the one uh, I think the only uh, he's the one donation for this episode. Sent fifty dollars buy alcohol for Mark and friends. I don't know. This guy's a legend, yeah. as far as I can tell. Yeah, I don't know about the alcohol thing. Whenever Mark, Mark, one time got cut off on an airplane. Uh, with that me. was a that was a good time. And I didn't just get the me stewardess cut off. would I not cut, serve. I, I went I to go get a cranberry vodka off. for myself, and she would not give me a cranberry vodka. She was afraid that I was getting it to, for Mark. So he got all I, of us cut off on it, too. So, we were going to Hawaii. This is the TL-sponsored trip thing. Um, oh, this is the trip that you took Travis on as your Yeah, as, other, as my right? significant other. So, he has no right to complain about this alcohol that he wasn't getting. Paid by Steve, some would say. <laughs> Travis. Please don't perpetuate. <laughs> People Steve still think that that's Steve like an meme. accurate depiction <laughs> of the situation. Before Thanks it was to even some a of meme. my great friends <laughs> out there. Yeah, that was that was the thing. I received a direct order from Steve to bring Travis as my plus one instead of my actual friends, so that he could become cozier with him. Uh, but no, we we were on the plane. It was like my first vacation, uh, like that I had ever taken, basically. And I was like, I'm gonna have a good time. So I like immediately after takeoff, I downed two bottles of wine, like you know, like the shitty basically glass of bottle. Uh, and then they said I couldn't have another one. So then I got someone else to order me one. And I drank that one. And then I was going to somebody else to get me to order one. I think it was Travis, I guess. And then that 
Was no, I was never going to give you one. You were asking other people. I went to go get my own, and I got. Oh, caught. so I never asked. Because you yeah, were belligerent by the time you were asking me to I get you a drink. I wasn't belligerent. You got. You were not. You were. Everyone was trying to sleep on this plan. And you were talking very loudly. I agreed I with the stewardess's sleep. opinion to cut you off. No I didn't agree with her decision to, to cut me off, but there I was, was like completely no fine with her. You think there was that plane was packed? That was a full plane. It was not packed. Oh my god! There were not that many people on it. We need a third witness for this story. Yeah. Who, Damien? Damien was on that. We'll talk to Damien in the future. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, anyway, I... Here's my, my shilling. I uh, got a couple more interviews coming from MSI. Uh, they should have gone up late last week, but I was moving. Um, I have some other cool projects I'm working on. Uh, I just moved... Trying to turn this into a studio, so if anybody wants to hit up the Amazon wish list, um, mostly just kidding. Uh, and that's it. I, I wish I had more shout outs. I, f I feel like there's something I'm forgetting that I was going to shout out. Oh, I'm going to do an auction. So in moving, I realized how much, how I have way, way, way too much gaming memorabilia that I don't like show. It, it's not, it's just collecting dust. It's just, I literally. My friends who were helping me move were like, you have to get rid of some of your shit. Uh, so I'm going to auction some of that stuff, and it'll help fund um, uh, building out this room into a studio. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, there, it's already A lot of the stuff is already listed, but apparently I can't link you guys uh, to it. There's like a, a LCS headset already. Put that in Twitch chat. It's great. Great stuff. Travis, oh. I want to leave. Thanks, everyone, for watching. This has been Hotline League, episode 29.